My feelings are really hurt, G. Like, she said I need to cut all my hair off, bro. Actually, might be a good look. You never know until you do. Have you, what's that to me? You cut your hair bald. Never. I mean, well, no, that's not true. It happened in high school. Yeah, um, sure college lead. Nah, it was, oh, yeah, big facts. Once in college. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, fuck. Good call, good call. I mean, might suit me. Oh, see, everybody was about to get on this bandwagon, G, and I can't do it. Can I at least do the Kobe fade? Leave the beard, though. Oh, thank you, Nelly. <laughs> Look, you are a fucking... <laughs> you're a fucking whore. Thank you, Nelly. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a compliment whore, for sure. Whatever. Leave me live. Welcome to the Summer 16 Podcast, your favorite podcast between two friends who met, you know, in the summer of 2016. My name, as always, is John Bowie, and I'm here with my dog, Day or taught underscore seven on Instagram. As you know, every Wednesday we'll have new episodes where we somehow figure out how to combine our different views, experiences, and beliefs to talk about anything and always leave Learning something new or just thinking about something in a, in a meaningful way. On today's episode, we're going to start by catching up, continuing our conversation from the past few weeks uh, in, with our current events section, um, responding to some feedback from our listeners. And we're even going to bring back our wax, waxing hypothetical section. Uh, we have a fun question uh, that we're going to play around with. Finally, we're going to end with our AVM section to leave you all with something to play with, think about for the weekend. And so without further ado, dog, what's up with you, man? Uh, nothing much, dog. Uh, I'm glad to see as this second week comes to an end of these protests that the momentum hasn't been lost and things are still rolling along as they have been. So that's kind of making me um, kind of happy on that front. Uh, closing out the the quarter, I think to Wednesday was my last day of lecture because I've kind of decided to like <laughs> nix the the last week of my quarter. Why? Oh, so, so I teach at two different campuses, right? And then one of the one of the campuses I teach at is basically where most of the protests have been happening in Seattle, okay. like basic on campus. So a lot of my students or students in my campus have been out there protesting, you know, helping in any capacity that they can. And so, of course, um, because my campus is right in the heart of downtown, my campus does employ a lot of the Seattle Police Department. Oh. So a lot of students on my campus have been sending out emails, or not emails, they, sent a, they wrote a letter with a list of demands. Not to the faculty, but to the administration. And they asked the faculty to kind of join in. So I read the letter, and the two of the main demands that kind of stuck out was, uh, the first is they want, like, two days, two instructional days at the end of the quarter for kind of, like, um, like a mental, like, a mental Reprieve day. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah like yeah, just a break, yeah. Yeah, with everything that's been going on. And then second, they want our campus to kind of end our relationships with the Seattle Police Department. 
Because okay. obviously, sure. if if my students are out there and they're the ones getting tear gas by these police, then how how can you look these same police in the eye on campus? Sure. Which I think it makes perfect sense. And expect them to keep you safe. Yeah. So what I decided to do was I sent a um a message to not only my students on that campus but on the other campus as well and said that you know I I read the letter I understand how you feel I was out there myself and you know me being you know a black man I can definitely understand where you're coming from. Thanks. Um, I can't do anything about the second demand because I'm not in charge of who the university hires, but I could definitely do something on my end about the first demand, at least in my class. So what I did was I cut off, in two of my classes, I cut off like two of the lectures and said, use this time for mental health or if you want to prepare for the final and there will be no, starting next week, there'll be no, um, well, starting the end of this week into next week, there'll be no instructional days. Okay. And do what you, do, use that time to do whatever you feel. And then so, uh, the end of last week, Thursday, one of my classes at the other campus, I told them that, and at the end of class, like, I think I had, like, 12 students actually logged in out of maybe half the class, because lots of students don't log in, they watch the videos later, mm-hmm. and I had, like, almost all my students kind of say something to the effect of, like, you know, you've been a great professor this quarter, um, we we wish that, you know, we could have saw you in person, because, you know, this whole quarter has been over Zoom, of course. So I, I haven't of seen course. any students in person, so, like, you know, even through Zoom, we feel like, you know, you've been a great professor and we can see like your love of, of science and we're sorry that, you know, this kind of happened to you. And like, I, I'm not kidding a lot. Like, dog, Damn. I'm like, I, I got to go because <laughs> I'm not trying to cry on You about to have the Denzel tear, bro. Yeah, I'm not trying to cry on Zoom. So um, today was busy. My other courses today was being Monday was my last class. So I'm done with classes. Um, even though the course ends on the 19th, I'm done with classes now. Um, and just waiting for my students to take the final. So, and you've already wrote the final up and everything. You're already ready for it, yeah? Yep. Oh, Where damn. You so you're basically chilling for the next two weeks. I mean, I still got to grade stuff, but yeah. I mean, and, but, and, I, and I have to grade some, some, some papers. But, in labs or something? Yeah, but just grading. That's not bad. You yeah. take that all day. Yeah. Damn, that's, a, that's the life to live, bro. Yeah, that's really the life to live. How many hours do you think you work a week? 20? No, hell no. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get it twisted. 15? Because, like, no, way more. 17? Instructional time, maybe 20, 25. But then... Instru- you, you teach for 25 hours a week? I teach... I teach... I have three classes. Uh-huh. Two-hour lectures. Two-hour lectures. Four-hour labs. Four-hour labs. Like, so I'm, I'm literally logging into Zoom every single day. Including Saturday, six days a week, and it's and it's an average of three hours a day. Uh, yeah. So three it's, hours a day, six days. Oh, 18, hours. Okay, eighteen hours. Eighteen hours. It's eighteen. And on, on top of that, I have to write exams, I have to grade lectures, I have to grade assignments, and I have to write like write the lectures. And you have to have grade. Have you have to grade lectures. You said I, I, I'm not grade lectures. Grade uh, labs, mm-hmm. grade uh, assignments, and grade exams. I don't have a TA. I do all this myself. Bro, you better automate some shit, bro. You better give some oh. check boxes. You better give some ABC multiple choice shit. Nah, nah, dog. I don't I don't operate that way. Like so I, I have, need like, to know that you actually stuff. like like half the exam will be not half, like I'll say like three quarters of the not three quarters, sorry. A quarter of the exam will be like multiple choice. And that's like already populated. So 
I, you get the S right, you get it wrong. I, I don't have to look at it after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then yeah, you have like fill in the blank. I have essay. I have matching. The essays will take the longest because I like, like especially like this exam we're doing genetics. Okay. If I give you, if I give you, uh, like a, a long detailed problem on like excellent traits and how you have traits that only, like, can be easier to get if you're a male and mm-hmm. easier to pass on if you're a woman. And mm-hmm. then, like, it's a detailed question. I have to go through and actually go through, like, your, like, your part of squares and see exactly, like, if you got, you can, you can have the right answer, but if you don't, like, actually do the work, I actually have to go through and read each person's, like, um, question. Yeah. And then, mind you, each, 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 um, each class has somewhere between 25 and 30 students. So. I mean, okay, I get it. You got to grade, but you're not grading every week, though. To be fair, well, one class I am. Well, one class I'm grading every other week. Exams uh, every other week, because because uh, remember each quarters are, are course are eleven weeks, and okay. if you, if you have four exams plus a final in eleven weeks, that's literally exam every other week. I guess. All right, I'm not gonna be counting your your <laughs> your hours and your weeks, man. But but it, you I have a real this. job. It's fine. I, I, I would say this. The the, the worst week part is that we get two weeks off between each quarter. So sure. that's literally two months off out the year, paid, and that I do nothing. Bro, I'm telling you, I'm about to pull up G and be teaching motherfucking math for dummies <laughs> at the university, bro, and just cut that easy check. Um, all right, but shoot. All right, yeah, yeah get, but, get, your money, get your money, I, fam. I, how you been, though? Uh, I've been living, man. So, you know, just trying to maintain... Uh, I don't know if you can hear it yet, but they going. You, you can hear it. They protesting yeah, again. Protesting. And I feel like they just started late tonight. But um, on that note, you know, similarly, um, I wrote a letter this past week to uh, the employee resource groups. I read into, it. Yeah, ours. Ours. And uh, and uh, I also sent it to like my team that I work with. You know, one of the things for me has just been this idea of just the empathy and everything um that people you know are able to exhibit or you know failing to mention um you know and, and maybe it's not an appropriate you know um comparison but like um, god forbid let's say you know you were to have lost a loved one over the weekend and you come to work monday trying to be your normal authentic self but you know, and the people close to you know this, but make no mention of it or kind of try to treat every day like it's a normal day. Like, well, okay, I understand that in a perfect world, it'd be business as usual. Um, you know, there's a level of care to just at least address or show your support for that person who might be hurting during a time like that, right? And so I just felt like some of that was missing. And so sending my letter out, uh, you know, it ended up trickling all the way up to like a lot of the corporate vice presidents. I also CC'd the CEO on there. I was really feeling myself. Um, and so they've, they've all responded, you know, you know, in overwhelming fashion. And so, you know, I got a few things in the works. Uh, I won't necessarily talk about them on the podcast, but, you know, really positive things, you know, and, you know, establishing myself as a, a, a vocal leader, um, but making sure I give the folks that we work with a, a voice as well. So I'm really proud of that. Can, all right. Can I, can I say this? I, not to say this is your company, right? 
Yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna say the company you work for, but I feel like there has like all these companies are kind of rushing to kind of put things out. And then like they're walking on eggshells because no one wants to be the company where the employees kind of come out on social media and say like, well, this company has been like a hard, a horrible place to work for, for a black person and so forth. Um, sure. Uh, so I was looking at someone's Instagram. I forget who. Oh, so it was a runner. Oh, it was Maria Dyson. She's like a runner that I follow. Okay. And then so she like kind of wears, I think it's like a jean, a jeans brand for women. I forget the name of the jeans brand. Okay. But basically they came out and said, uh, you know, the typical, we stand for with black people on yeah. Black Lives Matter, whatever. Racism is unacceptable. Ex- 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 exactly. Yeah. Right. So then, so then uh, they, I think they asked a former or a current employee to kind of make a statement basically saying that, you know, from her Instagram, whatever. And so she basically declined and was like, I'm not, not only am I going to decline, I'm going to put out how horrible of a place it is to work here for, for black people. Yo. Cause like, uh, I'm, I've started, you know, from the bottom of this company and I've worked like, like so hard to climb up the ranks in this company. And like, I've been passed over by outsider, outsiders coming into this company that I have trained myself and seen them like up, like outgrow me in this company. And uh and these the only thing is these women are white and I'm black. And then she's like basically uh last year or two years ago, uh one of the women in the company like made a post from the company. Yeah, white woman very close from the from the company page for Black History Month showed a picture or video of a black woman eating fried chicken for Black History Month. Stop it, Tunde. And then, then this woman is like one of the VPs or something. Stop it, Tunde. And so, 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 so like she's like, fuck this company, and whatever. So now I feel like a lot of companies are just like, we don't want this bad publicity. Yeah. So we're we're kind of getting ahead of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we're putting out all these statements and like. Going to the black employees again. Not saying this is your company because I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. No, but, of um, course. Yeah. But like we're going to our black employees and making sure like everyone feels like you know appeased and yeah, yeah. But I just like like I, I've been thinking about this like for the last week. I just wonder like when all this like mm. when when the media like mm. stops putting cameras and everything dies down, who's really going to like still be here and about the cause of, mm. of racial equality? Uh mm. I. I don't think I don't want to put a number on it, but I don't think half these companies will still care. Of course not. When the cameras are not, are not shining anymore. Well, no, that's a that's a really good point, and you know, um, this is how I've kind of approached it um, in ter- inside of a company. And I'll be very clear: like my company has, you know, come out, you know, very emphatically, you know, f- you know, I think as of like late Sunday, early Monday morning last week. And said, yo, like Black Lives Matter, period. And it started from the CEO down. Um, and okay, we get it. It's an email. You started it off. Great. Uh, and so the things that uh, I've been looking at are just how the waterfall of information such that, you know, you have the CEO come out and then you have this head of this business unit and then the head of this business unit come out and say stuff. But at some point that stops, right? And, and you have this sentiment where... 
you know, I think people are coming out and trying to get ahead of it and, you know, like you said, control the narrative. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's it's really the people that aren't the ones that are visible that are the ones impacting the day-to-day stuff, right? So it's my immediate manager. It's the team that I'm working with. It's this whole environment around me that's way more impactful. And those people are the ones that are much quieter on the, on the scene, right? Companies are just trying to save their brands. And, you know, I do want to believe that most of them do have the best intentions. But I think you and I, as educated black men, can also kind of parse through a lot of the language that are, is being used, right? You can see very clearly the companies that are like, oh, let me stay away from that, that BLM thing. Um, you know, but we can easily get behind saying racism is wrong. Nobody's going to argue with that. Uh, and you don't really have a lot of Ben and Jerry's out there where they're just like, you know, Black Lives Matter, and we about to kick racism in and, the face. And then, like, the thing about it is, like Ben and Jerry's, they haven't just they didn't just start this. They've been about this life. They've been about the life. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All and day. You compare that to like the statement or the video that Roger Goodell made, the statement he made, and I'm just like, yeah, really? You can't even say Kaepernick's name. Facts. And, and like they were like, oh, well, you know, in light of everything, we we admit that we were wrong. Like, bro, you've been wrong. And it's like, like, ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Like, it's damn near the same feelings that you'd have towards Drew Brees um, um, in light of all that. But, you know, even though we don't have that necessarily as a topic for today, I think we're letting the dust settle because we're going to definitely get on that. Um, I just want to say about that. I know we're not going to talk about it, but I listen to other podcasts and it's funny to me. How like, much people want to forgive Drew because he's a good know, guy. The Joe Budden podcast. I'm gonna call him out. Fuck it. Like it's funny to me how they can like call out, you know, racism as not even. I'm not even saying Joe B, Drew Brees is racist, but like, fam, he went on a two day apology tour. He's still going, bro. He's still and, going. And, and then like, the statements he originally made, he meant that shit. I mean, I think it was mostly just tone deafness and um, and real, real. Um, just he he missed he just missed the mark. Um, but the one thing, the one thing, the one thing that I, I want not to lose uh, the conversation before though, because um, you're talking about like once all the dust settles, like who's still going to be about that action? Yeah, I think we as like as black employees as allies and things in this whole thing the one thing that we need to do to take advantage of this moment is that you have people's ears and you have people's eyes and you have people's attention and so the one thing that we've been doing at least in my corporate area is one doing the immediate action of you know making sure people's voices are heard and making sure that you know your black and brown uh employees feel like they are seen, right? Um, because many of us can relate to either that sentiment of, oh, I don't see color, or this idea of, yeah, I know you're hurting, but I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say anything, right? Um, so that idea of being seen. But then it's that next step of, all right, before you uh, settle back into the day-to-day stuff of your normal job, like, nah, fam, like, we need to put this program in place. We need to implement this change, and we need to leverage our technology and resources and hopefully that's going to start pushing things in the right direction because we have to strike while the iron's hot. It's just so hard when you're, you know, so um, battered emotionally, right? Trying to navigate this whole thing, man. It's exhausting. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I just, to your point, I just, I just wonder how long it's going to take before uh, people that aren't black 
mm-hmm. or there aren't there aren't really like genuinely allies, how long before they get tired of this thing? Like because you week, think about it, like I saw weeks. I saw like a meme. It talks it talked about like how long like the Montgomery boycott lasted. It's over a year. Of course. How long the Freedom Lives lasted? It was a couple months. For sure. Like so. Imagine like this momentum carrying on for like the next year. People are eventually going to be like, "All right, we're tired of hearing about this shit." Yeah, like, yeah. The police I, haven't I, the police haven't killed anybody for like a week. We're good. Like relax. Like they're gonna be like yeah. relax. Like what are you yeah. what are you mad about? I I can see that happening, but maybe I'm just cynical. Um, nah, it's uh, you know you come by it honesty and day like I mean you've lived a lot of life. Like I know right? you have been alive for so long. I mean, I I remember the I remember the freedom rights. Right. Uh, <laughs> when you were marching with Martin Luther King, like you never thought that you'd have to see these days again, but like here we are again. You know, you know, you know, you know what they say, black don't crack, but you know, black whatever. Day. Look, hey, listen, whatever. Man, whatever you're doing, keep it up, man. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. But no, I mean you you're you're right. I, I think it's a very real thing because and I saw I saw a quote that I'm about to butcher right now, but it was something to the effect of, you know, um shaming somebody into action results in acting. You know what I'm saying? And motivating someone into action creates actual change. And I think that there are a lot of people, you know, we can call it like it is. I think there's a lot of white guilt um that is out there you know like people that had no idea that this has been going on for so long and they just are just ashamed of how oblivious they were to things and they're like they're like like bring back to drew Brees, right like what are the worst things you can call a white person is a racist that's when they get in their feelings like oh me yeah a a racist like first of all like most times no one's actually calling you a racist you Mm -hmm. did something that was racist Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And like at this point, if you're oblivious to the plight of black people in this country, then I think you're just being willfully obtuse. I'm like, it's not that you just don't know, or you know, or or like you said about about Drew Brees, like like uh, like you just don't know. I I I'm, so wait a second I'm, though. Wait a second I'm, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back because. Are you saying in terms of like a white American or you're saying as anybody in this country? Because I do think that there's a large demographic of international people that legitimately are unaware. Somebody from this country, a yeah. white person. Like if you don't at this point, if you don't know like because you're choosing not to. Yeah. And then like I, I don't I I'm not gonna Which feel is privilege, by the way. Yeah, I'm not gonna feel sympathy for you. Like like Drew Brees, I don't feel sympathy that that he's getting None. like like killed in the media. Drug, I, he's I getting drugged. Yeah, I don't I don't feel sympathy for that. Like None. get drugged and then that will let the next person know. Don't say some stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't say nothing then. Like the fact that he said, "Well, my granddad's he they served probably in the military." I said, "Black people didn't serve in the military." Yeah. No. Listen. I mean, you're not gonna get no pushback from me, fam. Like Drew Brees was big dumb. I I sat down and listened to the whole thing, and like, it was it was stupid. And like the thing that bothers me, uh, is and I think we even talked about it a bit last week. It's this idea that oh, I made a mistake. Like you know, it's okay, guys. Like you know, forgive me. <laughs> It'll be okay. That's not my heart. And then everyone's like, yeah, Drew's a good guy. He's fine. But, but and it's like it, we don't got time for that shit, bro. We don't got time for that shit. Then it sucks is like. You you know my my two best friends, they're from New Orleans. You met yeah. them. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And yeah. like, like so like, 
and I talk about I talk about this podcast how outside of my hometown, New Orleans is my favorite city. Hands in down. America. Hands down. And so like I kind of know like this this shit that like Jubis has done for like the community or the black community of New Orleans. What since so, like oh six? Yeah, think. so like it's it's like so so like that's even more reason like why the fuck you should know better. And so imagine imagine somebody who doesn't know better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, true. I, I don't wanna dive too deep on, on Jubilees yeah, right now. Talk, we're still gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still gonna still gonna kinda unpack it a little bit more, but um, you know, there's a lot of different nuances to that situation because he has, you know, put his money where his mouth is, you know, in a very tangible way and been a huge pillar in that community. Um however you know, actions speak louder than words. Um, but also you have the responsibility to, you know, when you're on that platform to say things that matter, right? Because we can also talk about, you know, oh, I, I do want to put a plug and you're asking me how I'm doing. Uh, I want to say in the time of recording this, happy birthday to the GOAT. Um, Kanye West is 43. And on, I believe it's on his website, they have a link to like 43 different um charities that you can donate to to support the Black Lives Matter movement. So shout out to the greatest living artist. Um I need to I need to send you that link so you can put it in the uh in the podcast bio for me. You know what I'm I saying? Might, I might really forget. Okay. You're not gonna forget. And I have admin access so I will add it. Uh but uh oh you can go to team you can go to teamkanyedaily.com before Tunde tries to uh, sabotage the cause. Uh I'm putting it out here in my words. Teamkanyedaily.com. It's 43 charities that you can donate to. It's another great place to let go and get a, get a timestamp so I can delete this section. Yo, let me find out. <laughs> I will be listening back to the podcast and be like this mother. <laughs> How dare he? I would like to push back on that greatest living art um, artist thing, but I don't uh, want to get into our argument. But whatever. Okay, five five seconds. Five seconds. Jay-Z. Yeah, you're drunk. Never mind. Yeah, okay. you're drunk. And it's you're not right. even worth arguing with you on that. I'll, I'll put a poll up. I'll put a poll up. I'll put a poll up. Because I'm right. I'll put a poll. I'll right. put a poll for the Because I'm right. I'm right. I'll put no, a need poll. No, no need for a poll. I'm right. I All am. Right, so, anyways. You're drunk. So, so moving drunk. on. Last night. Stressing me the fuck out. Last night, uh, episode nine out of ten. Watched Insecure. Secure, did you watch it? baby. Did you watch it? I did. I did, and I really, I really kind of enjoyed the episode. All right, I'm going to say this before we start. I want to say that this is one of the better seasons. For sure, for sure. I think they're hitting their stride, man. Like. Like they're they're really doing things in a very elegant way too. I mean, I think even from a direction standpoint, like I think Carrie Washington is the one who directed the episode today, um, and I feel like I feel like you can tell, man. Like it, it was very polished of an episode, um, and it, it hit on a lot of different things. So I'll let you go first, man. Like what what was the big thing that stood out for you, or one of the big things that stood out for you? Uh, big, I'm gonna go big and small. So okay. big thing that stood out for me is. I'm like the 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 dominant trend of this season is I don't like Molly at all. <laughs> like I'm her character. I don't like her character at all. Yeah. And then the small thing is, whew, that first two minutes. 
A lot of sex buckets. in that first two minutes. Buckets. Innocent. I I know we had a. I don't know if you want to say this online, but I I personally think like Issa as a person, like in real mm-hmm. life, I think she's very attractive. In real um, life, for sure. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And like she's had very like I think the sex scenes, the sex scenes that she's had on the show have been very awkward. Very. Like like she had sex with her neighbor. Awkward. TSA guy. The TSA awkward. Dude. Yeah. So like, and I I think we talked about this last week. We never really got a chance to see on the show like her relationship with her and Lawrence. So like. Seeing Dog. her in her element, like, Dog. and you know what, like, it was, was real. We like, you're having sex, like, with our scarf on, like, fuck it, whatever. Yes, yes. That's in. my girl, G. Like, I'm getting buckets. <laughs> I don't even give a fuck, G. Like, I listen, the bent over the couch. Yeah, uh, I know it's like a lot of sex scenes were on the couch. Like, well, I mean, that's because they were just posted up chilling there, and it's like, all right, let's watch a little TV, let's do a little work, let's fuck, let's listen. get a little food, let's fuck. Like, that's what it was. I think it's a callback also to the first season. Where like everything surrounded around their couch as well. Interesting. What's up with you in this goddamn encyclopedic, motherfucking insecure <laughs> knowledge, bro? Like I don't know. I don't. I don't what know. What am I dealing with right now? <laughs> I just thought about it. I don't know. This because uh, all right, it's me and you, right? It's just us, bro. It's just us. It's just so us. I watched the episode last night, right? Today okay. I went back and watched the first five minutes again, just, just to watch the sex scenes. <laughs> yeah, you're a weirdo. Bro. You're a weirdo. <laughs> They're not even like good sex. Like they're not. They're not. It's but like, it's, it's still it's still Issa. So I was hoping that maybe on a second watch I could see like a, a, a nip or something. I don't yeah. know. He was over there sweating and shit. <laughs> like oh shit. Ooh, am I getting hot? Like oh baby. It's Issa. But yeah, yeah. But um, that's my, that's my little thing. And then also I do not like Bobby. So listen here, dude. Um, I think I think you hit on it for me is, is the thing for me as well. I love Issa and Lawrence's relationship, man. Like, and just to see how they joke with each other, like how they communicate, how it, it just seems like shit was the corny shit, inside jokes and shit. They got they're corny together. Like they get in buckets. It doesn't even matter. Like, and you could tell that they are for each other. And I was just watching that shit. Like, damn, must be nice, bro. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you but know what like, though? I had I was in a couple of chats today and like a lot of women are like, nah, fuck that. Fuck fuck Lawrence. Like she need to get back with Nathan. She need to get back with Nathan. I'm like, what? I don't get it. Okay, well, hold on. We'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um the little thing that I'll say um is I I thought I thought one thing that really stood out was Andrew and Molly. Um, because, you know, Andrew seems to kind of be seeing a, a real, like, flaw in Molly's character, mm-hmm. um, such that, such that, okay, when it's between Molly and Issa, he's like, hey, listen, Shorty, like, I'm on your side, but, like, yo, she reached out to you, like, why aren't you kind of trying to, you know, bury the hatchet, like, why aren't you trying to be friends? But then when it's, like, a little closer to home, and he's like, yeah, my brother's got a peace offer- offering, He's got tickets for us to see the Clippers. You know you want to give Kawhi Leonard buckets. Like, you know, like, let's do this. And she's like, mm, no. And he's just like, shorty, like, come on. Like, I get it. People m- fucked up. But, like, for you to just shut that down and not be willing, like, he's seeing it in a personal sense. But then he's looking at how Molly's moving with Issa. And I really think just as a like – personality a, flaw. Yeah. like, And it's just like, yo, I, I'm learning more about you 
um, because truthfully, I get it. Like, yeah, she hurt your feelings and all that good stuff. And, you know, they made a mistake. But Issa was the big person. She called and reached out and was like, hey, it, and at the and at the end of it, you know, when they're talking on the street and, and Issa just tells her flat, flat out, like, they'll listen, like, I can't be the only one who wants to fix this. And then Molly just, you know, kicks her in the nuts figuratively. So, so with with Andrew, it's like if you plan to be somebody, be with somebody long term, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, "Well, whenever you're around my family, I can't fuck with you." You might it's, as well say, it's "Like dead, it's, 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 it's over right now. Why? Why even continue? Because I'm not gonna not fuck with my family. Like no matter how fucked up that my family might be." Well, uh, well, to be fair, some people probably would say that, but I, I think for the sake of the argument, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, like it wasn't like what Andrew's brother did was so egregious. He, it wasn't like he came out like you're a fucking nigger. He yeah, didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. Jesus, he might have, he might have been so hard. <laughs> I know he, he might have been really insensitive, but still, like he did come back and try to give the peace offering and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it seems like Molly has this thing where like she did, she she can't. She can't forgive and she cannot forget either. She can't do both. And like, if you slight her once, she's just like, you're dead to her. So, like, maybe Andrew's looking like, maybe when I fuck up, what are you, how are you gonna treat me? It's a rap, yeah, for real. So, like, why, why should I even, you know, continue? Like, I, don't even, I don't even know if it's so much, if it's, well, I don't know if it's only that fact. You know, I would even go as far as to say that in addition to it, she has no self-awareness of her own role in the altercation, right? Like, I think that her being on vacation and blowing up the way that she did, albeit, you know, a very real feeling that she was having, you know, she did not handle it to the best that she could. And, you know, there were people that were trying to be supportive of her. And she ended up, you know, saying some foul things to them. Like, she said something to the effect of, like, uh, you know, oh, you only pretend to be a person of color when it's convenient for you. And not to say that that's not a real feeling, but the way that she delivered it, you know, was intended to be hurtful and not constructive in that conversation. Right. And so shit, Molly, like, fuck it. Like if you want an ally, like that's not the way you're going to get one, you know, by biting my head off. Um, And the same way with Issa, like, you know, you were still not a big fan of how she was like, you're a user and da, 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 da. Um, as a very like pointed attack against Issa's character, and it's just like, yo, fam, like you can't just be out here talking crazy to folks. Like you, you can't. Yeah, one time talk crazy to me. I think we we discussed this on the last podcast, podcast before. I mean, we've hey. talked about it in life, yeah. G. Like, yeah. I, motherfuckers, is it a pride thing? Is it an ego thing? Maybe it's both, but you're not uh, really just gonna talk crazy to me, and I'm I just can't do it, bro. Sit there and be your fucking punching bag, but um. This brings me back to what at that argument that they had at the uh, at the block party when Issa was like, uh, "When you and Nathan and then when you and Angela work out, it ain't gonna be my fault, and and it's not gonna be her fault. Like it's gonna be some other shit that 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 uh, Andrew sees in her. Okay, he's gonna be like, I don't wanna fuck with this shit. Okay, and, and then she ain't, she's not gonna have Issa around." She's not yep. gonna have Andrew around, and she's gonna you done be, pushed everyone close to you away, man. Man, she'll be talking to a therapist fucking double time. 
Okay, listen. And hey, shout out to her for seeking help, man. Like, I'm never going to knock anybody for doing anything to try to get themselves back on the right track. Um, but, you know, as someone who has talked to therapists before, you know, the work don't happen in the session, right? Like, that's just where you, you know, get it out. Um, the work happens, you know, those other however many days of the week until the next session, right? And so, yeah, um, sure. it's, uh, you know, you got to show and prove, right? That's what life's about. Mm-hmm. Actions. So let, let me ask you this about the episode. One, at the very end, what bothered me was when when Molly sent the wrong text. She meant to text Andrew. Petty and shit, bro. I've done that before. But I'm it's still petty shit. It is, it is petty. petty. It is petty. I've done it before. And then, like, when Issa leaves, rightfully so, she leaves. And then... Molly goes aside and the conversation they have when Molly's like, maybe maybe we just don't work anymore. And then Issa's like, okay. And then Molly had just looked like, okay. Like she like she slid in Molly. Facts, bro. Talk like, about what you it. Want, what you want her to say? You, you tell her we don't work anymore. Like, I'm supposed to beg you to be my friend. Right, right. You just you just dissed me by sending a text behind my back. You being phony as hell, one. And that, eats, that irks my spirit because anything that I see is disingenuous. Like, I cannot rock with it like as soon as i see something that just seems so contrived like her interaction was with with isa it's like all right shorty like and then to be like buddy buddy ha ha gee 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 and then sending that text on the side shows your true character like exactly you, you phony as hell and then to actually be upset with me like you know you just gave me bars told me that shit your personality just don't rock with mine and i'm like okay fine like I get it, and you want to be slighted. You have like it's that victim mentality. You, you heard me, like not nah, not. Nah, okay, listen. you know what you got. Ma- Molly luck. Molly's lucky that <laughs> that Issa didn't curse her out right there. But but I mean, Issa, that shows Issa's growth, man. Because it's like yeah. for what for what like she's, she's like listen, I'm I'm getting I'm getting buckets at home. Right. I'm getting old bay buckets, <laughs> which means you know he already know what spots to tap tap. And on, on top of that, I got this other dude right here, fucking boosting my ego. Big facts. Oh, let's talk about that for a second. Nathan. <laughs> Nathan, my guy. I loved, I loved, loved, loved how he checked her, though, when she tried to come back and be like, oh, you just disappeared. And he's like, no, listen, like, sometimes people are dealing with real life shit. Like, yeah. I found out I was bipolar. Forgive me. I only knew you for a couple weeks that I'm not just sharing my entire life with you. And then yeah, well, on top of that, she didn't know either. But then I feel like. She didn't she- know. But I mean, like, and it, but it was a yeah. genuine conversation, yeah. right? Because she, she was ready out, to, yeah, she, she responded appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate Issa's growth as well, because when she, you know, she she was very, you know, forthright with with Lauren, saying, you know, oh, I'm about to go talking. see this. I'm about to go see this guy. I'm helping him move, and it's like right after, you know, the, the whole montage of them. Yeah, your favorite, your favorite part of the episode, <laughs> you know? And then they're, like, chilling on the couch, and she sees the text from Nathan. It's like, oh, you know, can you still help me move? And she's like, Lawrence, has a deal. I have to date this guy. And We're friends uh, still. We're friends still, but he wants to help. He wants me to help him move. And then, you know, I won't go if it's okay with you, but just, you know, see if it's okay. And then in typical Issa Lawrence fashion, he's like, I got you spoke like that. Like They joke, make a joke, joke out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So he's like he's cool with it because I mean I think at this point he's grown also and he kind of still he at this point he still trusts her. 
and I think, and, and honestly, to, to that exact point, I think that was the big thing that stood out to me because I think naturally, you know, if, if I'm putting myself in his position, I could see that insecurity of like, would she cheat on me again thing pop up again? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure, because sure. she's got a wide open, like wide open lane too. But, you know, to her credit, and I think, you know, I think about how I would respond to similar situations, you know, that level of forthrightness and just transparency um, it, it, it does a lot, man. Like, yeah, like, like you didn't, you didn't have lot. to, you didn't have to tell me shit and you did. So like, yeah, it kind of like puts like my mind at ease as well. So, exactly. so like she goes over to his house and then first she's acting kind of awkward. Like, I don't want to be like right next to you. And then he kind of like makes an innuendo saying, you know, for the next block party, if you give me a shout out my barbershop, yeah, yeah. He, now, now he owns a barbershop. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll pay it off. He's like, I'll make though, it worth it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, even though I'll, I'll pay you in sexual favors, basically. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, I'm back with my ex. That's what you know. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the one you cheated on. So he was then, salty. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was salty because and then I would be too, to be honest. Big facts. And then uh, and then like, he started going in on him though, right? She's like, oh, I hope I hope I hope he sticks around this time. He seems kind of flaky. And then, which I can appreciate, she's like. This is the guy that I really fuck with. You know you're not gonna talk shit about him in my presence. And she's like, nah. Facts. Like he's he's really changed and at least he doesn't disappear like you did. Big fat. Hey, listen, Issa, I'm telling you, bro, like Issa, Issa gave me faith in my spirit in that episode. Like she was down, she was down for Lawrence. Like now we can make the argument that like should she be, shouldn't she be, whatever, whatever. But it was just I was over there like fuck you, Issa, like ride for your dude. Bro. And I, and I, and I would hope that any woman I date, any woman I date, would be, will ride for me just as hard as I would ride for her in that situation. No, you're not yeah. gonna talk shit about her, like in my presence, like ever. Facts. I don't see who you are, and I've been Facts. situations like that. Facts. Like I've cut off, like I've cut off friends for that. Like, oh look, you not you don't know her like that. Facts. Like, nah, fuck that. Like you not gonna you not gonna say no like what I say about them is what I say but you not gonna talk crazy about nobody I'm fucking with you know what I'm saying yeah like, like that's not the wave that's not the wave and there's that level of care I mean like and she's she's shown it consistently throughout their whole rekindling of that relationship man like uh, even just the way she started the whole thing by just saying all right I care about us I care about your feelings to the point where like hey. I'm gonna have the hard conversation. I'm gonna do it because that's what we need. That's what is good for us. And exactly. and you know, and as a good partner, like they didn't sit there and beat each other up. They were like, all right, we can make a little jokey joke out of it. Like, cool. I shorty, I got you. Like, and she showed that she and got then, him. In, so. in the meantime, come get getting buckets. <laughs> come get this work. Let's go. Oh, but, oh, and but, I and I can trust you. Come get this work. Exactly. Like, you gotta get the extra shows. But, Man, uh, <laughs> and you get the cuddles after. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, um, so th- that kind of, that scene kind of stood out to me as well. But I think overall, I think last week coming into this episode, I thought the whole episode was going to be about just um, and Molly. Yeah, yeah, and, and it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, and, yeah. and I could appreciate that. But I'm really looking forward to this next episode. I, I think I, I forgot to watch the preview, bro. Tell I, me about I mean, it. So basically, Tell it's it seems like Nathan is like kind of putting the pressure on Issa. Like, 
all right, I know you're back with, with this guy, but I'm What's ready this? to I'm ready to step up right now. And so now like she mm-hmm. has a choice to, she has a choice to make. <laughs> Cause Lawrence might be moving to San Francisco. So yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kinda, like bro, you might not even be around, so Yeah, exactly. So you know, we know you know what team I'm on. I'm buying Team Lawrence all day. Team Lawrence, baby. Uh, you're not gonna identify with Lawrence all day, uh, because you're tall and ain't shit. And he's a runner too. Is he? Not in the show. Yeah, in the show. Remember that season two when he okay. ran that marathon. Tell me one more motherfucking encyclopedic thing about. <laughs> maybe right. Maybe he was, he, he was fucking his coworker, like yeah. the Indian chick. Oh, yeah, she was a and little. And they ran the marathon together. She was pretty. And he was bleeding from his nipples. No, Kelly was bleeding from her nipples. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he ran a marathon on the show. Like, this so. is the you know the weirdest fucking details. You know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I don't know why this show kind of sticks in my mind. But anyways, yeah, but yeah, um, so basically, it's, I guess season finale is gonna be left on a cliffhanger bait, maybe mm. of, how, of who she's gonna choose, and then I think the whole Molly situation is gonna come to a head as well. Maybe Molly and, and um, Molly and Andrew as well. And I think I think I think Kelly's gonna play a role in that because she yep. called Kelly and you know Kelly been quiet the last couple episodes, but Kelly come in and drop wisdom exactly. on the lowest of keys. So well, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm here ready for this it. episode as well. And I'm, I'm I'll be sad because like it took two seat took it took two two years to get this the season because it took a year yeah. off. Yeah. I think Issa was shooting two movies. Yeah, yeah, she's out here working, man. And I think they did the and I think she was involved with the black woman sketch show or whatever too right the yep mm-hmm. um i know she's been like she's been on her producer she's also shit. pretty good too yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah honestly dog you kind of just had the perfect segue there talking about lawrence's nipples um so you want to tell the folks about a, another opportunity to kind of stay engaged and involved in all this stuff going on with you know the civil unrest and the police brutality protests yeah yeah so um Yesterday, while uh, while I was running, uh, we talked about this on the um, not the pregame, but the uh, live. On the live, Instagram live. Gary, uh, which is one of the brothers, I was yesterday. I ran eight miles, and Gary Gary hits me up, and he, he uh, I made a light. I checked my phone, and he's like, "Oh, you know, on Instagram text." He's like, "It's a flyer." And basically, in Seattle, uh, this Sunday coming up, June fourteenth, there is a run walk in, um, basically to um, support um, everything that's going on with George Floyd. And mm. um, you know, George, if you if you've been watching the news, he's like uh, one of his good friends is Stephen Jackson. Uh, he played multiple sports. Uh, he's a, a Large man, of course, not of course, but like he played multiple sports, and so this this event is a free event and going on in Seattle. Um, it's eight point four six uh, kilometer, or just eight point four. It's like it's supposed to represent like you know how long that eight officer, minutes and forty six seconds. Yeah. yeah, how long the officer had his um neck, his knee on George Floyd's neck, and. and of course, America being the only country in the world that doesn't follow the metric system, 8.46 kilometers equates to 5.25 miles. So run or walk. And it's at um, a lake called Green Lake in Seattle, in northern Seattle. It's literally like right around the corner from where I live. You've been there before. 
Yeah, of course. It's a really dope like space to run. It has like two uh, outdoor, uh, an inner loop and an out, outer loop, and they both like overlook this huge lake. It's the lake is like I think like a little over three miles around. But anyways, uh, like I said, it's a free event, and all the proceeds for donations are going to um, a local nonprofit that basically is dedicated to developing um, future leaders in through sports and um, supposed to support uh, more uh, black um, black or people of color um, kids. So I um, I know it's going on in Seattle, but I went ahead because I know you asked me when I when we talked about it uh, yeah. the other day. Yeah. Could you like do it in San Jose and still donate? Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I contacted the woman who's who's like throwing the event, and she uh, she does have a GoFundMe that you can donate to. So and- so we have a lot of listeners that aren't in seattle right like even myself like i'm in san jose you know we have a lot of listeners on the east coast midwest even you know international at this point is yep. there still an opportunity yep 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 to uh, contribute I'm, beyond I'm gonna, the gofundme or it's just the gofundme right now okay um so i want to put the link into the description uh so right now they have a five thousand dollar goal okay as of right now as recording they've raised one thousand seven hundred and twenty dollars. So they're not even halfway to their goal. So um, what I what I wanted to do was I went ahead and reposted the information, and I tagged anyone that I know is even semi-active that's, mm-hmm, bl- mm-hmm. that's black and lives in Seattle. Because um, what I found, I've been running, you know, I've been running since high school, but like as an adult, I've been running like consistently since 2014 and oh, 2013 the no, 2014 actually sorry 2014 so about six years and what i have found is everywhere that i've lived and everywhere that i've run running is a predominantly white space like long distance running not not like track and field with like 100 meters or 200 meters we see like, right. this, like we see like the, the same ball running long jump high jump yeah, triple yeah. jump yeah, yeah, but like longer distance, eight day with with we see miles or kilometers behind it. It's mostly a a white space. And then like if you live in a city like outside of like Detroit or DC or Atlanta or Houston, like cities or like you know Alabama or something like that or New Orleans, the cities that have like less than like twenty percent of black population, these this this whiteness within running is even more, um, even even more expressed. So, uh, what I told my friends, the people that I tagged, is that let's show up to this event and show them that, okay, yes, I, we we understand that you are, are one a runner, and two you want to like contribute to the cause in in George Floyd's name, but know that there are black people in this space and you're going to see us today. Sure. So sure. that's that's what I want for anyone who lives. Even if you can't run, it walk walk some of the way. Walk part sure. of the way. Sure, sure, sure. No, just, exactly. just show up, show your face and, and say that, you know, this is Seattle, it's predominantly white city, but we're still out here. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I think that's super important as well. No, 1,000%. I think, um, you know, for a lot of this stuff, 
Yeah, we we talked about it earlier. You know, and like representation. You know, being seen, being heard. It's just as important as you know the actions that we're going to be doing, um, because you know a lot of times we don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, not being aware, and so we need to make people aware of our presence and let them know that this is in your space, this is in your backyard. These people are you know here, and so you you can't just hide them somewhere off in the corner. Like, be front and present and, and, and loud. So no, I definitely support this a thousand percent. Um, and we're going to make sure we get that information on all of our channels, you know, personal and podcast. Uh, cause I think this is a good one, you know? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm going to, um, post the link if you would like to donate to the run walk that's happening this, uh, this upcoming, uh, Sunday on June fourteenth, uh, you can you can do so. And I think even you were talking about it um, last week or the week before, just how you know running hasn't really felt the same when it when it used to be that safe space, right? A yep. place for clearing your mind and um, kind of letting it all go. It, it's it's hard when your mind is so cluttered and. Um, you know, there's so much other things processing and dealing with that make it almost impossible to to find that solace in something that was so freeing before, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we, we've talked about this. I think this past week, last month, I was running, you know, 40, 45 to 50 miles a week. And this, this week, I struggled to make it to 30 miles this week. Guess how many um, I ran. Ask me how many miles I ran this week. How many? Ask me. See, see, John. I mean, how many how many miles did you run this past week? Um, it was like ten minus ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's I, like I walked that. a little bit. It's honestly, like honestly, I, I, I felt weird about running this week. I was just kind of doing more in home workouts, but yeah. I felt really weird about running with just all the protests and everything yeah, happening. Yeah. Outside, yeah, you, the, you also live like right in the middle of everything. Literally in the middle, and like people are like marching down my street constantly, and it's like I feel weird. I felt weird about just like hopping out there and just jogging. Like, oh, excuse me, guys, pardon me, excuse me. Uh, no, watch out, move, move, move. Yeah. So I just kind of been in the house doing hella sit-ups. Summer body still in effect, um, and kind of doing that kind of stuff. But it, it, I think I need it. I think I need it. I need it so bad because getting out of the house is is vital yeah i would say that um what this past week what helped me out a lot was a couple members from my run club they've been hitting me up saying you know let's go for a run that's you know if you we can just run and not talk about anything or we can run and you can vent about whatever you want to vent about and i'm just here to listen while we run i think that's helped me a lot because um you know I think within any group, there's certain, there's always going to be certain clicks, right? So, like, I'm going to be closer to some people within a run club than others. Um, so, like, some people I was able, I made a run with and, like, just say exactly what's on my mind. And mm-hmm. I can kind of just run off. And, and then before I know it, I'm like, oh, man, it's been an hour. We've we run, you know, seven and a half miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dang, that, that went by super quick. Yeah, no, and that's it's, it's such a real thing, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's helped a lot, to be honest. For sure, for sure, for sure. 
Um, so no, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Like, I think it, I think, you know, it all ties together and we want to make sure we're supporting the, the event this weekend, but also, you know, just making people aware. Like, I think we do have a lot of people. Uh Oh, bless you. Thank you. Is it the first sneeze on the podcast? I think so. I think this is our first sneeze. Um, if we would have started this podcast in March, we would have had so much because that's definitely allergy season for me. I don't have allergies. I'm a physical specimen. Okay. Do you have allergies? I start. I started getting allergies in 2004. Hmm. That's the I moved to Nashville. Oh, okay. That's the South. That's just different down there. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, let's uh let's make a little transition, right? Because one of the big things we wanted to focus on today was feedback from our listeners. Um, you know, one thing that we did not talk about while we were shooting this shit um, is um, our own experiences with the pro with the protests. Um, you know, I know you were out there this week. I also was involved in. So, um, just real quick, you know, did you participate any in anything last week, or did you um, go out there on the streets? Yeah, I went out. Uh, the first day I went out, um, I didn't know I was going to go out. I met, like I said, some of my friends to go run and talk. Well, you know, and then we decided, wow, as soon as we started, I was like, where are we going to go? What route are we going to take? And then the idea quickly came out, let's run to the protest, which is about three miles away, all uphill. So we ran, we ran, we ran there and then like half of them like, oh shit, I forgot my damn mask. They had their mask already because I drove to, they ran from their house to, um, to meet me and mm-hmm. I live further north so I drove to the meeting spot so I left my mask in my car so Dude. I'm like shit we went into the protest I don't have a mask so we're, I'm just gonna so we just decided we're gonna stay on the, on the outskirts okay that's smart so, so, so it was it was dope to be honest Um, yeah seeing like all like I say it was like right when where I worked seeing all those people out there um, in solidarity for 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 us like yeah, it it was it was dope, and then yeah. that was that was the first time I went out. So then, this past weekend I went out with um. Keep going, keep going. Oh my bad. Um, so this past weekend I went out with, you know, you you know one of the brothers, Shannon. Mm-hmm. And then Shannon and Shannon's girl, we went out, and we went to walk to the to the protest. And we walked there. I think we were a little bit too late for the health work, health um, care workers protest. So is that the one mid- that is that the one that Callie went viral on? No, she went to the one. Oh, in that's Portland. the one in Portland. Okay, never yeah, mind. she went to the one here, right? And we kind of missed that one. But while, while we were walking there, we saw like a lot of protesters kind of leaving that one, and we were too early for the other one. Oh wow! And then so we, on the way there, one thing I want to say real quick: I saw this lady, and she was walking down the street and yelling. I was like, "What is she yelling about?" Do you know what she was saying? Uh, do I want to know? Is it gonna piss me off? Yeah, but Jeez. I think I also think she had like mental issues as well. She was she was yelling, "All lives matter, not just black ones." Jesus and I was like, Christ. All right, obviously." I love how you assume that she has mental illness because I mean she didn't have shoes. She's she, walking down the street. She, she, she didn't have matter. she didn't have shoes on. She looked very disheveled. Yeah, she was like. You, you can tell some people that are like homeless and don't have, like have like mental issues because they're like, what does that what does that say to you, Nay, that you can be homeless, disheveled, 
stinking and still be able like as a white I'm assuming this was a white person. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and still have that level of disdain for Black Lives Matter as a statement, right? Like like you ain't got shit and you still going around saying no 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 black folks, like all lives matter, like shut the fuck up, stop complaining. Yeah. What? If what? I, if if she wasn't like I don't want to like, you know, put people who have issues on camera but if if not i would have put her on you, you shared to you share with me the the instagram page karen's gone wild karen's gone wild i definitely would have put her on there yeah definitely. bro yeah sure yeah. was wilding you know um did you go out this weekend yeah so i ended up going out twice um the first time i remember i was just really scared um you know a lot of the protests had just been so rowdy like I, I've been hearing all the tear gas and all the the sirens and the choppers and everything, and seeing the fires the next day, or the effect of the fires the next day, and it was tough. But I ended up going out during the day a little earlier, like on Wednesday. Um, I guess the day the podcast dropped, yeah. And same thing you said, man. It was just incredibly encouraging to see all the different colored faces in unison for a cause that was obviously very near and dear to my heart. Um, similarly, the NAACP organized one for, for last Friday. Um, it was a die-in. So, you know, you've seen in Portland how they got the pictures of everybody like laying down on those bridges. Yeah. Yeah. So they were trying to do something like that in, in San Jose. I think that protest had like 5,000 people. Right? So I'm trying to think 5,000 people. And then how far is y'all, how far does y'all? Um, March. Okay, so at first the die-in part was just right in front of City Hall, and so I had to share this picture with you. Somehow they got like an aerial shot of it, yeah. and literally, like, and you've been to my place, right? Like you've seen that entire um, City Hall area with the big dome and then the yeah. water fountain yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that shit. That entire, like, you would look at it. The entire thing is full of people from literally like Sixth Street to Fourth Street. Um. And then from there, we marched. It had to be at least a mile to the police station. Yeah. Um, which was staggering because we're marching to the police station. It's this massive crowd of people. And when we came back, it's almost like an entire new group of people had showed up while we were gone. And it made the protest even larger when we got back. Um, so much so that people are just now taking over the entire streets. Like before we were just on the sidewalks and in the lobby or not the lobby, but the open space after that, it was like, nah, fam, we, we, we taking over these whole streets. Um, and that's when I kind of left because it was getting close to the time that would be considered curfew. Um, and so I kind of just chilled out in my place and then just listened as all the sirens and the craziness went on. But people have been really good about putting stuff on like Instagram live. So I'm still watching it and I'm just like that level of protest is uh that's tough man like i mean you were even saying how your mom called you to stay in the house right oh yeah she, she yeah my mom was like uh don't go out there don't protest uh because like you think about it especially like you being in san jose me being in seattle like i said this these are predominantly white cities mm-hmm. so curfews curfews is in effect you're out there as a black person you're gonna stand out and you don't want to get targeted for any yeah. like, you know, foolishness from the police officers. 
Yeah. But one but one thing I want to say is, you know, I I suspect that one hundred percent that by the time this episode comes out, that protests will still be going on. Um God willing, yeah. I want everyone to be just be careful. Um I watched footage from last night in Seattle of someone who was not for the protests. Um I'm gonna go ahead on record and say that they're probably racist. Um, <laughs> like ram the car into protesters and then get out and shoot one of the protesters. And all this like hold on, hold, action- on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a video of someone who was driving through the protesters, got out with a gun and no, shot. No, no, hit hit protesters first. Okay. And then protesters like I guess like kind of like what the fuck is going on? Like pushing the car. Yeah. And then he he gets out and shoots one of the protesters in the arm, and then runs off into the crowd and waving his gun at people. He gets arrested. He gets arrested, and then like, I guess a protester who got who got shot. He just that's not just, but like gets shot in his arm. So like, medics surround him, and like protesters like, oh my! Shout gosh. out to them! Shout out to them because like they form like a human. This is the part I saw on camera. They're yeah. forming a, a human shield around the medics who are like putting a tourniquet on like on the dude's arm. Yeah. And like he gets up and like they're walking him through the crowd to like, you know, the to the ambulance. Yeah. And like I the video I saw was of that and I saw the video of the guy getting like getting out of his car. I didn't see the actual gunshots, but I saw him like weaving his way through the crowd and all the people running away like in 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 fear of Crazy. being the next one who gets shot. Crazy. And so it, that reminded me that reminded me of like Charlottesville. Well, let me um, guess. Let me guess. When they caught this guy, I'm going to take a wild guess and say they didn't put their knee on his neck. Of course not. Of course. Of course he was, He was like, you know. He had a um, handle with care t-shirt on or something? Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, t-shirt white or, oh yeah. yeah <laughs> white, or white skin. skin. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I saw that video and I'm just like, I was literally right there, you know, a couple of days ago. So... I just want everyone to be, you know, to just be careful. Uh, keep an eye out on your surroundings. And, you know, I'm not going to say don't protest because we need yeah. people out there yeah. um, for the cause. Uh, because real, real change is happening. Like, Yeah, facts. Um, Minnesota City Council just decided or just voted to defund their police department. And that doesn't happen unless people are out there. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, and that's and that's one thing of the many, right? Like you can sit and talk about how the charges have been increased, how Breonna Taylor's case has been reopened, how um, you know police departments. I mean, the LAPD, I think, is defunding. They've defunded. They've come out and defunded uh, and made a like it was like 150 million or something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Don't quote me on that, everybody. But you know it. Like to but to your point, like things are changing, things are happening, um, and so you know, keep it up, you know, um, and, and everybody and I, can play a role too. Like one, one, one quick thing that I'm gonna add. Like I understand that we're in the middle of the global pandemic, and there's enough fear around protesting as it is that being out there with people got the cough, cough already make you feel some type of way. But, you know, maybe your fight isn't the protest, but, you know, I've had friends that have come and dropped off snacks or food for the protests. Even while we're marching, people will just pull their cars up and just pass out water bottles and then head home. Like, there's so many different ways to be involved. Um, you know, if your heart's in it, you know, there's a there's a role for you to play. 
So don't let that deter you, but, you know, be safe uh, ultimately, right? Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say about this is I know we just talked about defunding the police. There's a misconception out there that, that defund the police means no more police. That's not what it means. Yeah. Defunding the police means it's it's crazy, like, in large cities or just any city, but let's say city like L.A., where you have a police budget for a city where the police get hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And each year, the school budget goes, like, down and down yep. and down. That, yep. that, that, that's crazy to me. Like, like you don't need to, like, the police department doesn't need to have, like, tanks and... They don't need to have like military rockets. grade military grade um, resources, right? Yeah, they they don't need that. So that so defunding the police doesn't mean that there's no police and there's martial law and you can do whatever you want. It's not the Wild Wild West. So I just want to put is that it out not? There. Is it not Tunde? Is it not the Wild Wild West? I mean, we live in a crazy world, so it seems yeah, like it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean I can get a six shooter and then I meet you at the town square and, and yeah, you can no. have a, a fucking <laughs> at goal sundown, <laughs> at sundown with my trench coat. Yeah, no, yeah, seriously. that's not what it means. Um, for sure, man. Yeah, you know, I think you, you even hit on it. You know, defunding the police sounds crazy until you realize that they've been defunding education for years, defunding all these other public programs. And, you know, for me, it's one of those things where, um, you know, does adding more police officers, spending more money on the police department stop crime or does it just help you capture criminals, right? I think the money can go towards a lot of different things to give people options, give people opportunities and, you know, give them another way out so that, you know, crime might not be the answer. Um, But, you know, I'm not the most educated on the subject, but, you know, thank you for bringing up that uh, misconception because it is very real and people are, you know, taking it and running with it and doing malicious things with that information. Yep. So let's get to these emails, my guy. Yep. So we talked about how we're feeling and what we've been doing. Let's kind of we kind of put a call out or um, a response to saying, you know, Contact us. Tell us, you know, what you're feeling, what your thoughts on have been for these past almost two weeks. And we got a couple of emails um, to the podcast. So I think yeah. John's going to go first. Yeah. So I want to read our first email from Kirsten. Kirsten says, hi. <laughs> I was introduced to this podcast by a couple of friends through work. I've been pretty bothered by what is going on at even some of these peaceful protests and the force that is used. So I started listening to the bonus episode and aimed to listen to others as well. First off, I want to thank you so much for the education. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and enlightening me on what it feels like. Towards the end of the bonus episode, the two of you admit you are tired and I get it. I believe this is also where the power of allies comes in. On this Blackout Tuesday and every day for that, every other day for that matter, what else would you like the allies to do outside of calling out the racism that's happening? Would you like to share our thoughts on through our social channels, your podcasts? Oh, I do have an idea. If you could have an episode on some of the small businesses you guys like or would like to go to that are owned or run by people in the black community, I'm sure that is one way for allies to show their support. People love food. Take care, you guys. Your Asian ally, Kirsten. So there's a couple questions in there, yeah? Um, yeah. You know, she mentioned the Blackout Tuesday thing, which I think uh, was a pretty popular one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that matter, you know, but, you know, the question is, you know, what else do we think allies can do? 
And, you know, I think that's a great idea for us to something to incorporate on the podcast. So um, maybe I'll let you kick the question first. Um, and, you know, obviously maybe this is something we can incorporate going forward, but maybe you can shout out, you know, a black owned business or two that you know about um, restaurant and something like that. And we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that where allies are concerned, uh, one of one of the places that you can reach that Black people can't are people who aren't as um, down for the cause as you are. So, talking to your less sensitive family members or less sensitive <laughs> co-workers. I'm not going to say they're racist, but I'm going to say less sensitive. Because I don't, I don't know them, right? So, uh, one thing that allies can do um, is they can reach places that our voices can't. So, like, for instance, there, there's, a, uh, there's a white guy who talks a lot about race and um, like, his name is Tim Wise. He's uh, from Nashville. If he has like a really a lot of really good videos where he, he he mostly talks in white spaces, and and he's afforded the opportunity because of his privilege, and he uses that privilege to go into those spaces, and teach white people about their inherent racism or their their biases or their or their privilege, and he says things that, of course, that there are plenty of black people who also say, like. Me and you have been talking about this since, you know, beginning of our podcast. And we mm-hmm. and even just you and I, we've been talking about this since, you know, we've been friends. I've been talking about this for as long as I can remember. But there's no way I can I'm gonna go into say Vanderbilt or mm-hmm. or say uh USC or UCLA. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to go walk into a room full of white people and talk to them about their 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 biases. True. Because they're not gonna listen to me, even though I think I would be. I think as as educated as Tim Wise is, there's no way he's gonna understand what it feels like to be a black person, right? Sure. So if if anyone's gonna teach someone like how their their privilege harms the black community, you would think it would be a black person. Sure. But they're not gonna do that. So. I think that as as fucked up as it may seem, it's up to the allies to go into, you know, their own communities and say, you know, maybe you need to check yourself and that message may be better received from from you than it will be from me or John. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a good point, right? You know, uh I think one of the hardest conversations you can have beyond just in your own circles is with your family. Right. And, you know, I've even talked with folks, you know, to, you know, challenge them on the conversations and things that, um, they talk about with their kids. And when I think of other things that allies can do, uh, I think you, I think the email brought up a very good point, you know, supporting black businesses. Uh, I think that's a really big one. That's kind of understated. And in addition, um, I would say, 
you know, as an ally, just continuing to remain open to being a support system. Um, you know, one of the most meaningful things is also, you know, showing your support in your uh, appreciation, uh, not appreciation, but your visibility and, and vocalness at things like these protests, whether it's you being out there marching with everyone or, you know, supporting with snacks and things like I mentioned earlier. Um, those things also are valuable. And, you know, the simplest one, I think, is just being empathetic and, and showing that level of emotional intelligence to support someone who doesn't look like you in a time of grief. Uh, those are a, a few of the things that pop to pop to mind in addition to what you talked about Tunde. Uh, in terms of black businesses, though, I can go first on that one. Um, there's several that I'm aware of in San Jose. I think one of the most popular ones would be um, a Caribbean restaurant, uh, Baca Yard. I don't think I ever took you there while you were visiting, did I? Uh, nope. Man, the food is so good. There's actually one not too far from my crib, too. I think they have multiple spots now, though, um, uh, down in San Jose, too. So uh, Back of Yard, Caribbean Grill is one. Uh, there's another one that I came across recently. It's on Instagram. It's called The Sassy Kitchen. I think it's somebody that's really just started more recently. They do this thing called uh, Finger Licking Friday, but it's like spelled F R Y Friday. Uh, and so they'll have like that a. That sounds really good. Right, listen, right. And it's like they have like a Friday special, and you have to like DM them for an order. Uh, but like, for example, I think the one from last week, or not, not last week, but or actually maybe it was last week. The, the one from last week, it was this grilled pineapple boat. So it was like grilled teriyaki chicken, firecracker shrimp, coconut, ginger, rice, steamed broccoli, uh, all in a grilled pineapple, like, for 20 bucks. I don't know, man. It sounds like it could be fire. I haven't tried it myself, but I, I came across it. And so, like, I'd be curious to see what stuff they're doing. They do, they do have a really small presence, so I'd be, you know, interested to reach out to them and see what they're doing. But uh, it's one that kind of came across my desk. Um and I'm only kind of focusing on San Jose. There are also several Ethiopian restaurants, uh, Kantanga, uh, Liyu. Uh, there's one called Lunchbox, Moody, uh, 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 Walia. Um, but yeah, th there's a ton of Ethiopian food all throughout the Bay Area. But those are just a few. Uh, there's there's another company I'll shout out. It's called uh, EBO Beard Butter. It's on Etsy. So for the fellows out there trying to get the connect, cough tune day, I'm looking at you. Um, the company EBO, they do this like beard butter that you can use. It, it smells fire. And I think the tagline is like, ladies love it. So um, I've gotten compliments. I enjoy it. I've been using it for about eight months now. So um, that's why my beard looks so luxurious. Shout out to the black folks. What do you got? Anyways, um, so I have, I have, one, I have two that I wanted to shout out that are friends of mine. Uh, the first, well, both are in Southern California, LA area. Uh, the first is the South Central Candle Company. And uh, it's by my friend Genoa. Uh, so South 
the website is southcentralcandleco.com and all handmade candles. Uh, so check it out when you get a chance. Uh, if you're in the candle market and you know you don't want to like spend all your money at the Yankee Candle Company, um, these big candle companies, but you want to support the black business, check that out. Also, my friend Doreen, she has a shea butter line uh, called Butter Butter Love. Um, check that out as well. But uh, going to C- Seattle, since you mentioned food, there are a number of black restaurants owned, um, black owned restaurants in Seattle. I'm just going to read it off a couple cuisines. So let's see. Cafe um, Ibex in Seattle, Cafe uh, Salam, Jabena Cafe, uh, those are Ethiopian and uh, Eritrean cuisines. Uh, for barbecue cuisine, uh, Carolina Smoke, Emma's Barbecue, Jones Original Barbecue, Barbecue Pit. So I'll stop there, but there's a lot more that I can mention. Just hit me up for um, recommendations. But just know if you come to Seattle and you want to like shop or eat a black or personal color owned restaurant, just know that there are plenty of choices as white as Seattle may be. That's good. That's good. Um, and one last thing, since you were shouting out your friends' companies, man, I'm going to shout out my homegirl. Um, she she has a eyelash company, so shout out to Finer Lash, at Finer Lash on Instagram. Um, she's been going for, I think, over a year now strong. Um, and so I think even a few listeners are you know, buying her lashes and they all fabulous and stuff and the influencers be supporting it. So yeah, uh, I'm just waiting for a t-shirt cause you know, I already got fire eyelashes, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go from uh, there. So, all right, dog, you got the next email. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the next email is also by Kirsten. Shout out to Kirsten, man. And, uh, this email is titled being a respectful ally. And uh, she says, hi, I mean all that I said on my previous email. I'm truly thankful for the insight and education. Though I I overthink sometimes whether it gets perceived as not being genuine and critical of myself. I would like to know your guys' thoughts on having all these people that you probably didn't expect to be tired of what's going on and doing what they can to stand beside you. Do you feel respected and heard or does it... is it a bit odd? Thanks. Thank you, Kirsten. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Should I go first? Sure. Okay. I want to start by saying that we, black people, are not a monolith. Um, I think one of the things that I have expressed is a feeling that I would rather people reach out and um, be caring versus staying ignorant or silent personally. Now, I can also recognize that when you start having miscellaneous people that weren't, quote, shooting with you in the gym, kind of coming out of nowhere, um, now, like, they're about that cause, it's like, hey, fam, like, all right, just because social media told you that this is what's popping in the streets right now, like, all your little fluff words don't mean nothing to me. I'm trying to see actions. Um, And so, you know, I I don't know if I even gave a a real concrete answer there, but the truth of the matter is I would rather someone reach out and be genuine and their actions reflect those words 
versus just having some of the people that are just like, oh, I feel like I should say something because if I don't, I feel guilty. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or things like that because, you know, and you alluded to it earlier, Tunde, you know, one of these days these protests are going to stop. One of these days that people people aren't going to be raising hell in the streets and posting stuff on social media every 24 hours. Um, but the only thing that we're going to have left are people's actions and their intentions. And so, like, you trying to say something, you know, it looks cool, but I don't need you social media pimping and protesting if you're not going to if you're not going to back it up with meaningful action. So where, where do you where are you at with it? Um, I think I'm exactly the same way. Um, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak, you know for other black people, but uh, for myself, just like just like John said, uh, and I said earlier, if I feel that you genuinely want to like do better or you you see what's going on and you are generally worried about my well-being, then I'm I'm truly grateful for that. But I have um, I have friends like I had a friend who like kind of reached out to me and says, you know, you know, how are you doing? Blah blah blah. Um, I see what's going on, and if you if you just need someone to vent to, I'm I'm here for you. And I'm so sorry that I haven't reached out earlier. And this is like literally like day three of the protest. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like I'm like you know it's it's the, like don't worry it's it's fine. Like I know you as a person. And I yeah. know, I know you're hurt. I know, I know you don't like mean anything by it. Yeah. So like, genuinely, I can say that that person, he, when he reached out to me, it was for genuine, genuine concern for for how I was feeling. But just like we say, um, in today's, when I say today's, I mean like in the last week or so's climate. Can't really, say it's, can't really say it's the last week or so, though, can you? Okay, I mean, you know, as not for us, but like America as a whole. Right? Okay. Like, if I feel like America as a whole has kind of woken up. So, just like we can say, we see the people who are reaching out and and doing and saying the things, and we see the people who aren't. I feel like in the next, you know, month or two months or six months. Or a year, I'm also going to see the people who have reached out and and said that they want change, but then as time goes on, like their commitment to the cause fades. I'm gonna see that too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that is what's gonna annoy me the annoy me the most. Like, don't like. If you if you're not gonna say shit in a night about that life, don't say shit in the first place. Let me know where you stand now. Ooh, <laughs> I, I I'd rather that than than do some performative bullshit, and then you know, then when you know a year later, no or when, you know yeah, when, found. yeah, when it's not trendy, it's like crickets. Like that's gonna piss me off. I think you you touched on the the word that most accurately accurately describes it, right? It's the performative nature of it, right? Where it's like, it's like, well, okay, uh, I see everybody's doing this. Like, let me post my Blackout Tuesday because 
You know, I don't want to seem like I don't care, but, you know, you post your blackout Tuesday and then you're just right back to, you know, business is normal, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, black folks are the social media police right now and they're just going through checking names off and saying like, oh, this person's not really about it or this person's not really about it. Like, you know, um, people might be having the good intentions, but that performative shit, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna catch up to you. And so, you know, I hope that in all of this stuff that's going on, people aren't just waking up. They're also being moved to a, a an action or a movement. And, you know, it, it's so easy for them to be like, oh, well, you know, I was supporting for a little bit and then I got tired. Like, nah, fam, like we ain't got time to get tired like that. You know, like, yeah, sure. You might need to rest the day, but then we write back to work, you know, Um because this is this is the beginning, you know what I'm saying? And like, and I think people are are looking at it as if like this is what's going to change everything. Like, no, it's not. Like, this is the start. So let's let's get to work. And it's not. I may ruffle a few. I may ruffle a few feathers here, but surprise. It's it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> this is not uh, excluding black people as well. Because black people, black people can be on that bullshit, too. Big facts. So I'm from D.C. And one thing I want to kind of talk about is, re- really quickly, is a piece of performative art or performative bullshit that I saw this past weekend. Oh, Lord. Like, it, it's all fine and dandy. You, If you want to point, paint a giant mural on the street that says Black Lives Matter, that's fine. I, that's great for, like, the optics. They also changed the street sign tune day. Yeah, cool. You can send mail to sixteen hundred Black Lives yeah. Matter Plaza. I know, right? So Donald Trump listed Black Lives Matter Plaza. Cool. That's fine. Whatever. But again, we talked about this. I think it's this been a, this has been a consistent theme throughout this podcast is where's the action, right? So uh Mayor uh, Bowser. You can't put that up and then still try to raise the budget of the police department. Is that what's happening? That's what she's been doing. Yes. And like, you want to talk, I think I, I, I kind of tweeted about this the other day, like people and in our text group, we've had this, this debate, I'll call it a debate, but this whole thing within even our community, our black community where there's one side that says either, you know, I'm indifferent or I don't, or I support whatever. I'm not angry about, you know, property, property damage. Because that's a part that I, be I think it's a part of, of some protests and people, they're like, I think that's wrong for people to to burn down a, a target or whatever. And uh, people, they're saying that people who break windows or burn down buildings are being violent. And I don't think that you can be violent against something that's not living. Um, it's a fucking building, so you, you can't be violent against it. But I talked about, if we want to talk about being about property violence and question marks let's talk about gentrification and this mayor 
uh, you want to talk about the, one of the most heavily gentrified cities in America, and that's D.C. And the cost of living in D.C. is astronomically high. And part of that is because of, of Mayor Bowser. So if you, if you really care about black people and their well-being, then how about actually allowing them to actually be able to live in the city? Sure. But um, Mayor Bowser has, I mean, she has a lot to answer for. And I don't think that painting Black Lives Matter on the street or changing a sh- one street sign is enough to for all that, that I feel, in my personal opinion, that I feel that she slighted Black people for in the, in the city of D.C. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I'm not as well versed or intimately as you are with the things in D.C. Like I have seen that performative act of, you know, the Black Lives Matter Boulevard or whatnot. And, you know, I've even seen there was a series of I want to say it was like politicians that all like took a knee and took a photo op or something like that on social media today. Yes. And then kind of went like there's a lot of that stuff going on and it's optics and it's all that other shit. But you're 100 percent right. And I think it's something that we all need to be aware of. Um, you know, people are can people can use social media for a lot of good to shine a spotlight on things. But people are also are trying to manipulate it and and, you know, look like they're out here doing good work. <laughs> like the uh, the the IG influencers, quote unquote, that are showing up to a protest, getting their fire photo, and then bouncing, right? So, um, if we're gonna cancel anybody, cancel performative jackasses and and, and influencers, because sure. uh, y'all ain't out here shooting in the gym, baby. Y'all ain't out here shooting in the gym. Cool. So, all right, I think we have one more. I got one more. It's a question for everyone to reflect on. All right, this is about to fuck me up. I already know it. Um, it's from our friend Dunya. Follow her at Bomb on Instagram, too. It's uh, her gaming channel. Uh, so here we go. Hey, John and Tunde, I hope this email finds you both safe and well. I wanted to write you guys because I came across an Instagram Live event earlier in the week, and honestly, it fucked me up. The video I watched was a discussion between Penn Bagley, the guy who plays Joe Goldberg in the Netflix show You, and Dan Gumphrey and Gossip Girl. And Matalia Banda, who's a black musician getting his PhD in black politics and history. In the video, they talk about racism and what is happening right now in the world following George Floyd's murder. I definitely recommend watching the video, by the way, especially to your non-black viewers. Anyway, at one point, Matalia says something along the lines of people are out here in the middle of a global pandemic risking their lives for this. And it begs the question of what are you willing to risk your life for? What do you care enough about to put your life on the line for? That fucked me up for days. It's a loaded question, but I wanted to share that with you guys because I honestly feel like it's a question that needs to be asked and will hopefully get people moving or at the very least get them thinking and talking. I can't say with 100% certainty I know my answer, But through my own reflections, I've come to the conclusion that I want to be able to look back on my life and be proud of the choices I made and the actions I took, especially in moments like this. I can't say I understand what you, your families, and the entire black community have been going through your entire lives, but I'm educating myself, and please know that I stand with you. With love, Dunya, a.k.a. your Carrie in Call of Duty Duty Warzone. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, what a shot, man. Shout out to Dunya. We love you, yo. Um, and again, her 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 gaming channel is at Dunibomb, D-U-N-I-B-O-M-B. Um, what a question, right? Like, what are you willing to risk your life for? Or what do you care enough about to put your life on the line? Um, Tunda, I've never thought about this question, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, uh, I, I actually thought about this last week. You thought about this last week. Unrelated yeah. to this email, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. No, okay. yeah, unrelated. So actually related to this podcast though, because you rec- last week your AVM for your um for your audio, you recommended um uh Kendrick Lamar to Pippa Butterfly. Facts. And um after that episode, I was like, Oh, I haven't listened to this album in a while. Let's Let me go, go back and listen to it. Let's so, go. Um I spent the day as I was grading listening to the album. And I get to the last track, and it's the the track where he does the interview with Tupac. Yep. Obviously, it's not a, a real interview because Tupac died way before, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's kind of pieced together. And uh, and one of the questions, when I forget the question, but one of the answers, Tupac talks about um, how um, protest is like a young man's game, and yeah. it's like uh, once you hit like thirty, um, the system kind of um, is against you because like it. it puts all these responsibilities and um, all these things on you because you're not thinking about the protest because you're thinking about like, oh, I have my a family, family. now. Yeah, my, I have my all, career, I have my support. Yeah. yeah, so like I have to think about those things first. And so once you hit 30, that's the age, that's like the age where most people were like, you stop thinking about like the greater good of, of, of your people right. and more about like yourself and your immediate people in your circle. So to answer... To answer uh, Dunya's question, like I'm, I'm well past thirty. Like I'm thirty eight, and uh, I don't know. That's funny to you, John. But one, <laughs> but one day, but one day you you'll be old enough I, and wise enough. God willing. God yeah. willing. God yeah. willing. But like, but like, but seriously though, like to 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 get older is is a blessing because like you think about how many people like look like us that that. Don't even get to see twenty five. Don't even get to see. Don't get to see thirty. Yeah, jokes. Like look, look at look at look at like Tamir Rice. Look at like Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Um, those like those people like those like those like young young black boys like like I think about like think about shit like that and I'm like oh, Trayvon was seventeen when he died. Like where think about all the things I did since I was seventeen. And Think about where you were when you were seventeen. Exactly, exactly right. So then I'm now I'm thirty eight, and I think about it, that that Tupac answer to the question, and I'm like, of course, like now, like if if it came down to like somebody trying to kill my mom or my brothers, like I'm giving my life for that uh, easily, easily. easily. Like, it's, not, it's, not easily. Even, it's not even a question. I don't have quit. I don't have kids, but if it came if it came between my kids and if I had kids and came between my kids and you know some something else, like I'm giving my life in that situation. Like if I had to take a life for my kid's life, I'm taking a life, and then I'll mm-hmm. deal with the repercussions later, the guilt mm-hmm. later, and all that. I think we talked about that previously. Uh, I know we've definitely talked about it before. And yeah, it, it got really dark, but I said I would definitely kill somebody, like over like my family. So that's something that 
it's 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 an easy thing to think about when like what would you sacrifice your life for? Not saying you have to die, but like you would go to jail for the rest of your life for, right? Sure. Um, and then like you th- I think back to like reading um history and the things that people gave their life for, like like um like Fred Hampton, he's in his twenties. Yeah, like he like yeah. he literally gave like they they killed him in his sleep. Yeah, because like, he, he believed in a black cause so much. Exactly. Like, like they they shot him in his sleep. They easily could have killed his child's mother and his unborn child in the same bed. And that's something that he believed in so much. And because he's in his early twenties, and like he feels like like you're more brash and, and feel like you're invincible at that age. And and the older I get. It, as sad as it may seem, the the less I'm willing to 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 sacrifice like my life for because I I, I don't have kids, but which makes which makes me think that like, I could sacrifice a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I do I I care so much about our people. Yeah, and when I say our people, I don't mean I I don't just mean um black people in America. I mean like our whole diaspora. Yeah, like, yeah, across yeah. the world, and. I just want us, like Andre Three Thousand had this shirt that he used to wear, and he says, "Why do black people across the world suffer the most?" And it's, and if you look around, I'm like, I just want black people across the world to, to, to just live better, and not be subjugated the way we are. Yeah. And would I die for it today? I I don't think so. And it's sad to say, but like, I—I I mean, it—it it seems selfish, but it, again, it's not. Like, I how can you say somebody is selfish because they don't want to die for somebody that they, that they don't personally know? So, so check this out. So check this out. Um, my answer is almost the same. Uh, almost exactly the same. You know, my my short version is if there is anything that I can comfortably and confidently unequivocally say without a doubt I would die for would be my family um you know whether it be my mother my father my brother you know um grandmom you know any of that like I would put myself in the line of fire for them um because and and you know similarly I've too have thought about that same thing like you know I I look outside and I see, you know, things that I, see, I, I, just, I just see things on fire. And it's, it's something that is so deep within me. Like, I am not 30 yet, but I am knocking on the door. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's disheartening to me that I think I finally had the clarity in my life to, you know, give myself a platform to speak or give myself the room to be vocal about my opinions and and confident enough to make a difference in whatever sort of environment I'm in. Um, but similarly, it's like, do what I die. Would I be out here on these streets protesting and die for that protest? Um, and, you know, my answer is unfortunately also no. But I took it a step further and tried to think about why it's not a no for me. Randy Jackson voice, it's a no for me, fam. Um, Part of our goal, part of our mission is just to stay the fuck alive. Like, there, there, 
for a, I feel like so for so many other groups that that threat of death does not look the same all the time. You know, whether it's whether it's from you know the genetic predispositions to a lot of things, whether it's from the police brutality for a lot of things, whether it's you know an unnamed number of factors that you know affect black and brown communities, you know part of the battle is just surviving, man. And it's like, if you can stay alive to day, you've already done the, done a service to the cause that is most important to you. And I think that is the one reason why when I see people protesting, I'm like, no, 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 that's not my fight per se. My fight is being that black man that when you need a leader to step up or you need someone to, be the example of what black excellence looks like than to embody that because it's going to be the part of it is to make the people aware and all that shit. But then it's also about, all right, we finally have the room and the space to be quote unquote equal in some capacity. Well, you need, you know, strong black folks to then execute on that and, you know, become the leaders in the future generation that will now pass on that generational knowledge and generational wealth to a new generation of black excellence. And so that's why I don't say that I would die for it the same way. It's not that it's not important enough. It's just that half the fight is staying alive because our lives are so are so threatened. Does that make sense at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like. You can't change. You can't be a change if you're not here, you know, around. So, definitely makes sense. Plus, I'm selfish. I don't. I don't. I don't like. It's okay to be selfish sometimes. I. I. I do want to live. Yeah, I mean, like no one wants to die. Sure, of course, but I mean, the the nature of the question is, no one wants to die. But what if you had to die? What would be the What would be the thing that you would comfortably say? Yep, this could be the reason why I go, and I would think nothing of it you know yeah and then uh i think the last thing i want to say about this is let's say i did die for like black liberation i, I die in the name of black liberation there's no guarantee that <laughs> if i die that shit's gonna be automatically better for black people oh my god did tunde die guys change the laws right now. exactly i know he's I'm the a- one like everyone else yeah you know it sucks we get it it's a lot of y'all and it's terrible but Tune Day? We lost. Like, Emma, like, like Emma Till? Eh. Right. <laughs> Martin? Eh. But Tune Day? But Tune Day? Did you hear his podcast? Come on, guys. <laughs> did you hear his podcast? Uh, oh, we got a riot now, baby. We got to turn the whole world upside down because of him. Nah. It, I don't think. talk biology. I don't think that. I, I think, uh, like, I'm personally, I think I'm kind of a big deal. But overall, oh. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not that vein where i think the whole world would like turn upside down because i died so in the grand scheme of things i think people forget about me very soon i wouldn't forget about you today appreciate you dog yeah man you know you had to have me all sad and shit like (laughs) come on g like jill b um damn but what a question man like you know it's it's heavy but honestly like I can confidently just be like, nah, man, my family is is that important to me. Um, and I wonder if, as I continue to grow, will there be another cause that I do think my life is worth giving for? I'd like to hope so. 
So let me ask you a question. Okay. This is a, it's a silly question. Okay. But, all right, so Kanye West is walking down the street, right? Jesus. <laughs> and you see a, a gunman pull out a pistol. I'm not jumping shit. in front of a bullet for yay, bro. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, that's no, what you about to ask me. Not saying you're going to die. Let's say you take a bullet in the arm. Or Kanye's life. Fuck no. You want to let Kanye die? He just said he might not. Oh, he said I might not die, didn't you? No, uh, you're not going to die. You're going to take a bullet in the arm. Or he's definitely going to die. Okay, so that's not really a fair question. Because I think I would like to believe that any person would take a bullet in the arm to save someone else's life. Okay, you take a bullet in the arm or Kanye gets shot in his neck and he can no longer rap again. <laughs> but he can make beats? <laughs> <laughs> can he still make beats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can make beats. He can't rap again. You never hear his voice again. That's fine. He's going to have the greatest producing career ever. Okay, let's see where your loyalty is like. That's not a loyalty type of question, <laughs> bro. Like... Like, I love Ye, but Ye ain't out here uh, changing my life directly. You feel me? Like, I, I mean, I'm just seeing how far you vote for him. I, I, I rock with Ye. Like, I would take the bullet in the arm if it saves his life. But, I mean, I would take a bullet in the arm if it saved Joe's life. Like, True. True. Like, I would fuck it. Like, All right, man. Like, I got another one, you know? I got you. Um, so, damn, bruh. Like, okay, here we go. Um, same question, but it's Tracy Ellis Ross. Why you keep picking her? Because that's the only celebrity that I think you would give a fuck about to no. even consider this question. No. To no. even consider it. No? What's no. another celebrity? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Couldn't think of shit. Uh, Nia Long. Nia Long. It's damn near the same thing as saying Tracy Ellis Ross. It's another baddie, bro. It's another baddie. It's another forty-year-old plus baddie. I, I just, I just like women that I have questions on women that are old, one older than me. Your age? I, oh, I sorry. Grew up older, okay. and then I, I grew up questioning on. Like I don't have new questions. I do. Zendaya, bro. Yeah. Jesus. She's like a child. She's nice to look at. She's twenty-three. Old enough to be my daughter. Oh, I mean, just because you old as hell, bro. <laughs> Listen, oh, yeah. wait, no. If I was your daughter, you would have been what? 15. 15? Yeah. Physiologic, yeah. Physiologically. Yeah, yeah. old enough to be my daughter. So I'm good. I mean, she likes looking at Zendaya is a baddie, bro. I'm a fan. She's talented. That's why I like her, because she's talented. Yeah. Just like I like. Uh, <laughs> I like sitting in coffee because she's talented. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a fast runner. Oh, Allison Felix. Oh, I do like Allison Felix. Okay, question, Allison Felix. What's uh-huh. your question? What's your question? You said, "What's my question?" You said, "Same scenario with Jesse Ellis Ross." So that's oh, 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 okay. So yeah, same scenario with Allison Felix. Yeah, when I jump in from the bullet for to save her track career. Okay, but listen, listen, listen. But okay, not arm. Arm is not enough. Like you get shot in the lower spine and you are paralyzed from the waist down. Nah, son. To save her life. Nah, son. Her entire life, Tunde. No. 
okay. Well, what about this? What about this? What about this? You're you're paralyzed from the waist down, but your dick still work. Nope. Really? Do you know how much of my life revolves around walking around? I mean, bro, you would be like the greatest. Like you would be so good at walking on your hands. No, you would be mean in a wheelchair, G. You could look me eye to eye. All right, so <laughs> sidebar. Um, I would never get this tweet. It's one of the, probably one of the greatest, greatest tweets, petty tweets I've seen all in all time. This this guy who's in the wheelchair, right? Mm-hmm. He tweeted like, "Somebody tweeted this man in a wheelchair who's paralyzed from the waist down. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro today." What mm-hmm. did you what did you do? This dude see this one cap is in your shit, right? This dude okay. ain't one first ain't geared. He he tweet he retweets that. It says, oh, I walked around. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, man. That's so fucking petty. That's it, but it's the we laugh. Oh I walked uh, around. <laughs> He did something I can't do. I did something he can't do. <laughs> That's rude as hell. Oh man. That's uh, rude as hell. I, I love a petty tweet. Yeah, tweets are great. Twitter's Twitter is great, man. Twitter is great. Unless we were celebrities, then it would be less great. But yeah. until then, we're fine. Yeah. All right. So, so let's get uh, this. Oh, let, let me say uh before we move on, uh thank everyone who um, took the time to kind of write what they were feeling and sharing with us their thoughts. Uh, I know we've been sharing, you know, exactly, you know, how we feel. We have no problems with doing that, but uh, I know it takes some level of courage to kind of write in and send an email to say exactly how you feel. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, good point, Tunde. Uh, I was going to move on without saying that. No, so yeah, shout out to everyone who is, you know, taking the time to reach out so far and keep them coming, man. Like, don't stop now. Um, you know, this thing is constantly evolving. Feelings are constantly changing. Um, this year as a whole has just been so taxing on all of us. Um, you know, we're here for you the same way you guys have been here for us. So, you know, we're in this together. So let's keep rocking. And so on that note, dog, let us bring a final bit of levity to the show a little bit man we haven't done a waxing hypothetical in a while um we i let you pick i let you pick between two choices that i had earlier for these uh hypo hyperthetical questions and to no surprise the one that we are going to do today for you guys is the nude acquaintance it's called the nude acquaintance so let us set the stage all right <clears throat> Think of a specific friend of yours, not your best friend, but someone who is A, more than an acquaintance, and B, physically attractive. One day, while trolling the internet, you accidentally come across three nude photographs of this person reclined on a sofa bed. The pictures were clearly taken several years ago, and it's unclear if the photos were casually posed or taken without the subject's knowledge. Your friend looks comfortable, but he or she is never looking directly into the lens of the camera. The pictures are not labeled, and your friend's name is not listed anywhere on the site, but you're certain that this is the same person you know. Question. 
What do you do with this information? Do you tell anyone? So I'm assuming why you saying he, she, this is a person of the opposite sex, right? Uh, Let's assume that. It, well, okay. So it's, I mean, I think it's, maybe it's interesting to think about it, both specific, I, both scenarios, but. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it can be either or. You have to think okay. of a specific I'm, person. I say both. I say both. Okay. Uh, for I'm start. I came across a picture of a guy. I, I'm saying some shit. I'm clowning. I'm clowning. You're gonna clown like, him? Like yeah, you, like oh, dog. Dude. You got pictures of, of you naked on the internet. You wilding out here. Like well, so the thing is, the, but the thing is, the person doesn't know that they got those pictures out here, though, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm still gonna tell them. Huh? No, you don't know that they they don't know. They could know, but they they, they may not know. I'm still gonna clown because that's how that, like. All my all my close male friends, that's the relationship we have. Like But see, he's not your friend though. He's an acquaintance. Oh, an acquaintance. He's not oh. he's not your best friend. Like this would be like somebody that you met through me one time. It's like you the homie, like I know you. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I, I rock with you and you're close with somebody super close to me. But this is really just it's not quite an acquaintance. Like it's somebody that you'll you'll you could see again, but not someone that's in your everyday circle. See, if it was like me, if you saw like me posing, you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting bars. I'm getting bars. Oh, acquaintance. Uh see, that's see, that's the trick, right? Because it's like I don't even know you well enough like that for real, for real, but like I kinda do. Mm. And that's why I think that's why the challenge is like think of somebody specific, like. I like, think I would still say something, but it wouldn't be jokes. What would you say? Be, it, hey, fam, um, like you, you got nudes on the internet, be like, what, what's oh, good? No, it, it would, uh, it'd be something along the lines. I was, so this would be like, um, this wouldn't be gender specific. Like I would say, for uh, man or woman. Uh, so I was scrolling the internet, and I happened to come across some pictures, and it looks like I don't, I'm not sure, but it's like these pictures are of you. Um, did you, do you, did you know that there are pictures of you naked on the internet? And if they say yes, uh, I can tell them what website it's on. Um, if they say no, um, if they don't, if they don't want to know, then, you know, fine. But they do want to know, I can share the information with them and hopefully they can get it removed. Uh, we both have a friend. We both have a friend who uh, was into. I don't say he was into, but he was into like some more on the kinky side of of sex, and he was what? he was recorded without his knowledge, and his. Um, his him performing sexual acts was uploaded to a couple of porn websites. What? You know who I'm talking about. I don't know if I you don't do. Know? I don't think I do, bruh. We'll don't say right now. Yeah, don't say right now. I'll tell you off, I'll tell you offline. But like Whoa. So, so like it like they have been okay, so wait a second. friends. So wait a second though. Is this somebody that I would say is like my good friend, or would it be exactly like an acquaintance? An acquaintance. Okay, so 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 I guess that's a perfect thing. Like this person, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
if I saw that they had these pictures, uh, would I would I say something to them about it? Would I tell them or something about it? Um, like, let's see. Hold on. So when I first when I first found out, right? Like, I I know this this person, and it was mutual friends. Like, oh, let me tell you about you know th- this person, and this is you know this is what's going on in in the video, and he obviously doesn't know. I'm like, so have you told him about it? Nah, we haven't really talked about it. I'm like, why? Like, why the fuck not? Like, so you gonna let him be out here just? Not knowing that he like you know, they is have his all... face in it? Is his face in the video and I, everything? I don't know. I you didn't, didn't watch like, it. I, no, <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> no, no. Like, I, like I'm not gonna be out here like talking to you and then knowing that that your like genitals are all out it's on the world wide web. The world wide web. Like I like if I if if. I had like a sex tape or nudes out there. I didn't want somebody to tell me, and I didn't know about it. Cause maybe I do know, and maybe, 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 I, or maybe I don't know. And when I do find out, I'm like, huh, whatever. Maybe it's it's good advertising, but whatever. So, dog, but, this is a so this is a real life scenario. It's not quite like this card, but this is a situation that happened. Um, there was a person I knew in college who would record himself having sex with like his girlfriend um and i like wasn't really you know super big friends with either of them but you know i knew them you know uh and one time like he showed me a video that he had like that was on like one of the main porn sites now mind you his face wasn't in it nor was her face in it um, but he said, like, yeah, like, I put this shit up here. Like, this is it, blah, blah, blah. And for me, I thought that shit was super foul. You know what I'm saying? Like, putting it up under, like up there unbeknownst to someone else. Like, why would you do that? Oh, she, didn't, she didn't know? I don't think she knew. No, I mean, like, at least she didn't know for me. And the thing is, I couldn't watch that video and be like, oh, that's definitely her, her booty yeah. hole. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know exactly what that looks like. But it was still, like, he was saying that, and it was just like... That's wild. And and I'm being honest, like, I, you know, you know how guys would just be trying to talk and try to gas themselves up and say some shit. I didn't know. So, and I didn't feel like I was in a position to tell her. Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't know. How does that scenario sound to you? Like, like I, I felt like there was nothing I could do. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, it's not even like you could see him in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm assuming it's from a PO, it's like a POV type thing from the back. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, assuming. yeah. Exactly. Like, no, that's exactly what it was. Um, that's, that's messy uh, as fuck, ain't it? It's super messy. Like, you gonna? Because like, if I like, if I would have known, I'm like, yo, like. I'm like, one, don't show me no bullshit like that. That's fucked up. And it, even if it's real or not, like, just that shit weird, bro. The fact that you're like showing someone, I'm assuming when he showed it to you, like they were still together. Uh, I think they had broken up, and I think it was. Uh, I mean, even even if, even if, regardless, like, regardless. But you knew you you knew her. 
I knew who she was. Like, yeah, because the fact that he's showing it to other people is now like you know what she looks like naked without her consent. That's wow. That I'm trying to think if if that if that's even that that might be illegal to be honest. I know it's illegal to put it on the web without her consent. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know if it's legal to show you like without her consent as well. But yeah, that's that's. But then it's like, but then it's like. But then it's like you can't even confirm that that's who it is. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like I don't, I don't know her like that well to be like, oh, is that a freckle on her lower left butt cheek? Like, oh, that's yeah. like I don't know that shit. Like, yeah. it could have been some random video, and you just saying that's two people. Like, I don't know, but it just did not sit well, sit well with my spirit. Like, like I can't yeah. rock with that kind of shit. And the fact that now, uh, no, keep going, keep going. In fact, that he like, who knows how many people he showed it to. And then he got her out here looking crazy without her consent. That's potentially, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. No, not, not kind of fucked up. That's, that's super that's fucked up. That's super fucked up. It's super fucked up. No, I guess, like, now imagine, imagine, um, like, what, if, okay, so, like, what if, what if, you know, you did see the girl's face or something in the video? Then how do you handle that situation? Like, do you tell him? Tell her? Yeah. You. That's, that's like, kind of true. This, this, this would literally be the example of the car. Because, like, she's not an acquaintance. She's not my friend. But, like, I, I've seen her around. She wouldn't just be an acquaintance as if, like, I didn't see her and speak. You know what I'm saying? Like. like does, does, she, does she know? Not. Well, that's the thing. you. You, I mean, like, you is, won't is know she, if you know or not, right? Like, you won't know if you don't know. Like, I mean, does she know if not? This is like, this is a, this is kind of a, un, very unlikely. But does she know? Does she, does she has she consented to him showing other people? That's the, you won't you won't know, dog. Exactly, and then it, and if you and if she has, and you tell her. Like, yeah, I mean, it's cool if if you know he shows people. Like I said, not very likely, but um, it's tough because he's like like he or she, whoever shows you the tape, is putting you in a very awkward situation. Yep, yep. A situation that I wouldn't want to be in because then cause now, like because now that I'm now that every time I see um her or him or them, like I'm. I'm like, why did that person show me this tape? And now I'm looking at them, and now I'm picturing them naked or performing sex acts. And I, I and this, maybe I don't want to think like this person in that way. You got a, you got a vivid imagination, my G. I would just be like, that shit was wild, and kind of leave it at that. What do you mean? No, I would like visualizing them sexing again. It, 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 it's, it's not visualizing. I've seen it. I guess, yeah. Like, like if I, if I, if. For instance, if it's if a guy shows me a picture of him and his girl, and his girl's like topping him off, and then and her face is on the camera, and next time I see her face, like it's gonna, gonna be hard for me to it's gonna be hard for me to think of her to top somebody off. Like I've oh seen your face before, gosh. like a piece in your mouth. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's not me visualizing; it's like I've actually seen this. So. But uh, back to the question, though, like, would I do it? Would like, I tell? You, like, do you say something to that person? At the end of the day, I, I think I would. I still would. 
it's such a hard it's, it's, such it's, a it's hard, hard it's hard it's so hard but it's, it's the right thing though because one all right so two ways all right all right so that i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you this scenario right okay it's it's a guy who i know and a woman who i know yes not good not your good friend they're both not your good friend and i'd say they're more than acquaintances because like you you'll you've seen them 15 okay. 20 times like right, if you saw of, them you'd speak and you'd ask them how they're doing yes okay more than acquaintances but i'm not your friend both. The yeah. guy says hey look at this look at this video real quick this is me and her having sex and i i clearly know it's her yes but but then in my mind i'm like she doesn't know he's showing me this she does or doesn't know. She, she does, does not know. She doesn't no, know. Yeah, this is right. yeah. So then I'm like, what's the right thing to do? Okay. The right thing to do, obviously, is to tell her. Because like she has to know that he's out here showing other people this tape. Because if he showed it again, if he, if he showed it to me, he's right. probably showing it to other people as well, right? Because you're not even his friend like that. Y'all just, you know, exactly. cool. Imagine who he's showing it to right. the people that he's super close with. So then that's one thing. So then, on the other side, like she might, she's gonna go back and like kind of blow up at him, and say like, "What the fuck? Why are you showing you know so and so or people like the tape or yeah, whatever?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. and then you're gonna worry about like, well, he's gonna know that 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 she yeah. that she yeah. that I told her. And my thing is. It's also going to be a hard conversation when he comes back to you and say, "Why did you tell her that you that I showed her?" That's like that's something it's that's all to do smoke. Well. It's like, all smoke, I, and, and you you have to take that because um he was wrong in the first place. So if he can't see how he was wrong, then that, that's on him. You, you you have to do the right thing. You have to. And I think honestly, like for me, you know, I, I, I'm leaning to agreeing with you because truthfully, like if it was on some shit like that, like with somebody who's just like a little more than an acquaintance, like doing something like that, like that's not somebody that I would even feel comfortable being friends with on that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause bro, like that's like, you know, that's some shit. That's a boundary you don't cross. You feel me? Like not in that way. You're right. Where it's just like, bro, I, that's not your whole life philosophy is nothing I can vibe with at all. Um, that shit's foul. Like, if a woman and I had made a sex tape. Hypothetically. She, sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and she went around, like, showing all, like, every woman in her in her circle. Like, like, like look at, look at Tunde. He, he, like, he... Laid it down. He laid it down. Or I'm trying to think something that. All right, so let's say because like I I love how you had to stop yourself because you were like, I mean, if she showed everybody, I wouldn't be like so upset. I'm trying trying to think like like what she can show people. All right, all right, so. Let's say, let's say, let's say she's look, you can't even think of nothing, bro. You'd be like, what if she went and showed everybody I was hitting it from the back? Like, you'd be like, eh, was my face in it? When she showed everyone oh. shit, shit, all right, call, call back. When she showed everyone shitting on my chest, right? Dog, that wasn't on this episode. We wouldn't talk. That was, on, <laughs> that was just on the live. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's say, let's say she showed people shitting on my chest, right? <laughs> and, and and I didn't want people to see that. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a kink I'm not willing to share with the world. Sure, we don't kink shame yeah. on December sixteenth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But some people aren't accepting it, aren't accepting as you know others as others. So if there's if there's a video of out, out there of her shitting on my chest and rubbing it in your chest and you smiling as she puts her finger in your mouth and you lick it off. <sighs> okay, sure. <laughs> All right, sidebar. <laughs> Like I said, we don't we don't kink shame, but that is definitely not one of my kinks. But, <laughs> so you you have to go listen to the live. I, no, they can't listen. I deleted it. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Fine. The, you we about do have the show. audio though. That is not one of my kinks. But if y'all if y'all donate a thousand dollars to the podcast this week, <laughs> we will release the audio of the Instagram live. But. Yeah. Okay. Again, that's not one of my kinks. Again, oh, not kink shaming. But if if that was on video of her shitting yeah. on my chest and she went around and showed random people, like look at what Tony did, I would want someone to come to me like, "Yo, show it that head, just showing anyone who acts like like she's on like she's on uh, Mess Society." I got the tape. Like I got the tape. Thanks. And she's showing everyone the tape. Oh like, my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. I so, so I guess that's a good point though. So I, I guess let's say you were the person who the photos were like let's go back to the question, right? Like cuz we were talking about, you know, sex acts and things like that. Um, you know, the question is just more so, you know, it's a picture of you sitting down kind of unbeknownst to the camera but you're just bucket naked. Um, you would want someone to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want someone to tell you? Listen, listen. I'm not about to I'm, listen. I'm not about to just pose on a fucking sofa, like laid out, like like ass naked. No, no, you wouldn't, Tunde. No, not not, mm. not not for the general public. Not for the yeah, not for the <laughs> not for the world wide web. But of course not. But you know, maybe if you're lucky, you might. You, uh-huh. might, <laughs> you know, you might. Uh, but yeah, I, okay. I wouldn't want. that. I wouldn't want the world to see that. And I hope somebody would tell me. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I mean, knowing me, like, I don't be out here sending photos anyway. So, like, I think I would want to know. But, Dan, that would be a hard conversation. Like, you want me to send photos like that? You said what? Uh-huh. No. What'd you say? I said, you want me to send photos like that? No, nah, man, I'm wholesome, G. Yeah, me too. I'm the wholesome half of the podcast. Me too. I've never sent a photo. Is there a lightning bolt about to strike you down right now, dog? Well, oh, that's why? just a light. Because you're, oh, you're, you're lying. Excuse me? I'm the wholesome half of the podcast. I'm uh, I'm the second wholesome half of the podcast. No. No. <laughs> that's a lie. That's 100% a lie. wholesome. And I, think, and I think the listeners know. I think the listeners hear this and they'd be like, wow, that John guy, man. What a stand-up class act. And then, you know, Tunde, he's a, he's a good dude, but he's a little wild. I think John is good for him because he, he keeps John, him calm. Chill. J- J- John's beer connects, so he, he must eat all the booty. Whoa. Whoa. That's not even a real thing. A buffet. That's not even a real thing. That's an urban legend. My beard connects because of genetics. It's just yeah. science only. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the juices and berries. It's yeah. the EBL beard butter. That's what it is. Can we do a poll? 
Um, what? What poll are you trying to do? Is John eating my booty? Uh, I'm, so joking. Was, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I almost joking. got up and walked uh, away. This I'm joking. Like, yo, you're. I sick. am joking. You're sick. Cause you know the thing that would happen if that poll really occurred is people would be like, "Hell yeah, he did. Hell yeah, he ate this." <laughs> I, I, I never even met him, but yeah, right. I don't even know him, but yeah, he did. Like it would be a hundred percent. Like let's not start that on this podcast. Jesus. I'm joking. All jokes. 100% jokes. Ha ha ha. That's right, motherfucker. Wholesome John. I'm the wholesome half of the podcast. And I'm the second wholesome half. No. uh, No. Even that question lets people know where your head is at, bruh. (laughs) Help me. Help me. um, Save me from the Summer 16 podcast, guys, because I am being harassed by my, my dear friend, and the slander is just outlandish. Me eating the booty? What? That Imagine so that, nice. right? Imagine that. Uh, I thought of it. It's, it's, not, it's, not even, preposterous. it's not even sanitary. Preposterous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're sick, man. You're sick. Well, yeah. I think all in all, I would definitely say something. You would and, and you would treat it the same way, guy or girl, huh? Guy or girl, yeah, yeah. I think because yeah, like either way, like I think you mentioned, if you're gonna show me that or if I come across that, then I don't, I don't think that, especially as an acquaintance, you're not somebody that I would want as a friend anyway. True, so true. If it comes down to it. If I lose like your potential friendship, then so be it. Well, to be fair though, in the question, it was you. By yourself, you by yourself are just scrolling through, you know, your favorite um, adult website and come across the photo. It's not like someone else. Oh, it to you. That's, that's even easier then. Then yeah, I said I did say something. Yo, you. I mean, I think it. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think it kind of makes it easier. It's just it is a really awkward conversation. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, I I do think there is a scenario where. You do try to bring it up with good intentions to the person, and they respond very unfavorably. Like, why would you be talking about this? Like, you're not supposed to see that, blah, 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 blah kind of thing. Because um, maybe they did intend to have it out there, right? But your intentions were good, so what can you do, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, what do you guys think? Would you Would you speak on it? Would you not? Would you... Would you just pretend like it never happened? Would, would you, you save the Would you save the photos and put them in your uh, filing cabinet and your yeah for the spank bank for the spank bank? Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, let us know summer sixteen podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> we need the sound effect thing to be we're 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 like we gotta get our soundboard cracking. Yeah. Um. All right, dog. Let's 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 bring this on home, man. We got the AVM. Let's get we got the AVM. Um, And so, you know, of course, guys, every week we have our audio, visual, and mental recommendations for the week. Um, We're still trying to ride the wave of educational but also fun, you know, um, pieces of art from the black community. And so, um, Tunde, why don't you go first this week, man? 
All right. So um, this week for my uh, my audio, I well this week, this past week, I haven't really been listening to many um, albums or songs because as I've been running, um, when I usually listen to music, I've been running with people, so it's just been conversations. So this week, my audio is a podcast. So I've been listening to this MSNBC podcast called Into America, um, hosted by Tremaine Lee, um, black man. He uh, it started out as you know a a weekly podcast comes out every Thursday, but um, lately uh, with with everything that's been going on with our country, I think they've been putting out episodes almost every day. So last week the episode dropped of Into America. Uh, titled Talking to Kids About Racism. And it's an interview that Tremaine Lee did with um, Beverly Tatum, who is a author, a psychologist, a former president of Spelman College. Uh, So I first heard about Beverly Tatum by reading one of her books called uh, Why Do All the Black Kids sits together in a cafeteria and it's not just about black kids but just kids in general of all different races and it talks about how why kids self-segregate um when given the opportunity at that level at the high school level Mm. and um the episode they Tremaine and beverly kind of sit down and they talk about uh how to talk to kids about the difficult questions that come up in this in this in this um well, like the last two weeks or so, last three weeks, because it's basically everywhere, the issue of race. And uh, like most people know, kids aren't inherently racist. It's a learned, it's a learned behavior. And she brings, she brings up like different experiments, like the, like the, the doll experiment where like you ask kids um, to pick a doll and they like, even white kids, black kids, no matter what kids, the kids always pick the white doll because they think the white doll is like better or, or more pretty. And this is they've learned this behavior. And um, one thing that kind of pointed that one of the things that, that I kind of uh, took away from the episode is that with white parents, even though white parents may not consider themselves racist, even though they like they don't consider themselves racist and they don't, you know, portray racist behavior in their home, that's not enough, right? Because even if you even if you don't talk about racism and you don't talk about race, period, you don't talk about anything involving race, what's gonna happen is your children are gonna go to school and they're gonna learn some behavior from their classmates. And if you don't actively portray anti-racism in your home, then you're not basically doing enough. Mm. Um, so that it's a really good episode. It's called um, that the podcast is called Into America. The episode is talking to kids about racism. So that's my audio. Uh, my visual is uh, we kind of talked about this earlier than Insecure episode or Molly, the character Molly on Insecure. Her new her, her actual name is Javon Orji, and um, she has a HBO stand up special called Mama I Made It, and uh. Yvonne Orji is a, like me, she's Nigerian-American, both parents born in Nigeria. She was born in America. Um, 
she's from PG County, the county in Maryland where I'm from as well. And she talks, she does a stand-up special where um, half of it is like her on stage at Howard Theater. Um, she t- also talks about like her mom, you know, being a nurse at Howard University, which is the hospital which I was born at. Uh, and the second half of the special is like her taking a trip back to Lagos, which is where my parents are from, and or the old capital of Nigeria, and um, different issues that come up with being, you know, Nigerian American and having parents who like kind of like expect. Or just living like both sides, right? You know, being American and growing up in in the American Black American culture, and then being Nigerian, and it's a really funny episode. Even though I cannot stand the character Molly, like I really connected with Yvonne Orji during this during the stand special. It was really good. Like one of the things I want to point out, like one thing that I took from it was, uh, she talked about like how Nigerian parents, like growing up. Like you have four choices for your career. You could be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a disappointment. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it it was it was like really, really good. But um like I think I talked about this talk about this this episode where like my mom didn't want me to be to date until like I was like nineteen. Yeah. And that's something similar to what happened to her. And then all of a sudden your mom pops up and like, when are you gonna get married? But she didn't want me to date like four months ago. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. Like her dad was like, "You can't date until you're married." Like, what? Well, it doesn't even make any sense. But, <laughs> but yeah, if you can, it's an HBO special by Yvonne Orji called "Mama I Made It." And then, uh, last, uh, sticking with the Nigerian theme, my um, mental um, recommendation for this week is a book called "Half of a Yellow Sun" by Chiamanda uh, Adichie. And it is a, a book of fiction, but it's based on the Biafran War, which uh, um, Nigeria gained independence in 1960. With that same decade, Nigeria entered like a brutal civil war. So within Nigeria, there are three different um, the three, there are three different main tribes. There's um, there's ha- the Hausa people, the Yoruba people, which which I'm in Europe, and there's the Igbo people. And so uh, Nigeria was colonized by Britain, but then after we gained independence, Britain still had like their fucking tentacles in Nigeria, Nigeria politics and kind of try to control them through, through puppet leadership. And they tried to install leadership within the Ahabasa people. And then the Igbo people said, you know what? We're not, we're not, we're not with this. We're going to like basically break away and start our own country called Biafra and um, that created like this bloody civil war slash genocide of uh, people and this book basically kind of tells a story between um, between four to, or five different characters um, through like, I think four of them Nigerian and one's like a British man who was living in Nigeria at the, at the time and the, the, their stories are interwoven. One's a child, um, like I said, one's a woman, or two are women, and uh, three are, are men, one being British. But it's a really, really good story. Um, if you can, it's again, it's called Half a Yellow Sun by Chiamanda Adichie. So those are my recommendations for this week. Nice, dog. Nice. Um, 
you did have a, like a little Nigerian thing going, didn't you today, man? Yeah, got to dog. Rep your set, dog. Rep your set, man. If I knew what a uh, tribe I was repping, I would do it too. But you know, this little thing called slavery kind of detached our roots. Anyway, um, for my AVM, uh, I had uh, for my audio. I'm gonna start with. Uh, you know, uh, something I, I did a little bit last week too is uh, I was repping Killer Mike, and you know, just in light of all these things, man, Killer Mike continues to be a national treasure, and we must protect him at all costs. And for that reason, uh, I'm recommending the new album with his uh, rap duo, Run the Jewels. The album being Run the Jewels Four. Uh, they actually ended up releasing the album. A few days early, uh, like right when the protests were getting ready to like start and everything, and you know you would, as you would expect, Killer Mike has bars, uh, but they are also very relevant to the stuff that's going on today. Um, like I think one of the more uh, consumable songs would be Ooh La La. I think that's the second track, but they also got a track on there with Pharrell called Just with the dollar sign for the S. And I think part of the hook goes like, look at all these slave masters posing on your dollars. And I was just like, oh, here we go, Killer Mike. Um, the album's really good, though. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, it was right on time, man, um, as to be expected. So if you need a soundtrack to your next protest, yep, run the just, just went ahead and downloaded it. Oh, no, it's good, man. It's good. I think you're going to like it. Uh, soundtrack to you, soundtrack to your next protest. Run the jewels for. For my video, um, I was gonna give Creed, uh, not Creed. I was gonna give uh, a shout out to my doppelganger, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he was out there on the streets in L.A. Um, giving uh, a moving speech. Um, you know, really right there with the people. And since we are so similar, we look so much alike. Um, I was a star in a movie called Creed 2. Um, it is on Hulu right now, so you can check that out. Uh, it's And for those people who are not familiar with Creed, you know, you have the Rocky saga, and uh, there have been two movies made starring Michael B. Jordan and directed by Ryan Coogler, also starring uh, Tessa Thompson as the and love and so yeah, he's yeah we, he gets his little cameo as as old as Rocky, um, but you know it's it's really great because it is the story of you know uh, Creed's son and named uh, Apollo Creed's son Adonis and you know his rise as a boxer and how he deals with his father missing and you know how Rocky's a surrogate father to him blah 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 and it's a really captivating movie it's. It's black and proud, but also, you know, it's just really heartfelt and well done. So, you know, Ryan Coogler is on a hot streak, um, and, and Creed 2 falls right into the mix of all the great movies that he's been doing lately. So Creed 2, you can find it on Hulu. Uh, have you seen it, Tunde? Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the movies. Yeah, Creed 2 is fire. I've seen it a couple of times now. I think I, see, I tend to see a lot of, of boxing movies in the movies. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, they're, they're exciting. I, the, I mean... 
in the spirit of those Rocky movies, like that he's been doing his own special, uh, his own stunts and stuff. So he's actually taking those punches to the face. So yeah. when you watch it, like remember that that shit's real. Um, and you might have another, an even deeper level of appreciation for it. Uh, for my mental, um, I picked a book that I read a while back. Uh, it was an inspirational one written by uh, Hill Harper. Have you ever seen you know Hill Harper yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, I heard that book, yeah. Uh and you know, the, the book is called Letters to a Young Brother uh, Manifest Your Destiny. Emphasis on man, but uh Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper. So Hill Harper is an actor, but he's also, you know, he has this inspirational story and um it's a series of like letters and different things talking about um talking everything from love to finances to career family uh achieving your goals and all these different things that you know young black men and you know women quite frankly can you know benefit from and you know of course non-black men and women as well but um you know his intention when writing it was to target his audience so he speaks to a lot of those um issues very intimately and also just describes you know his whole story from his you know struggle upbringing to you know, multiple Ivy League degrees. Um, you can find a lot of inspiration in there. He is also a member of uh, one of the Divine Nine fraternities and sororities. Um, so, you know, I think he, you know, if you know much about that, the tone of the book definitely kind of reads as someone from that space. What which, which, uh, fraternity do you think he's a part of today? I, I don't know, you, so I don't want to guess. I bet you could guess. I bet you could he, guess. He's, alpha. The, he's alpha, right? Yeah, he's an alpha. Yeah. yeah, you can tell by the cover, but you know we gonna support the brother nonetheless. Uh, it was a great book that he made, and um, you know I, I found a lot of value in it when I read it, you know, several years ago. So I wanted to share it with you. And so those are my AVMs, man. All right, all right. Uh, I think that with those six recommendations, that this week, if you are have some time on your hands. And you want to like kind of get you something new, those are six really good recommendations that you can get into this week. And we'll have the post up this week, uh, kind of showing, um, again, or reiterating what our recommendations are. So, um, Nandiv, we've kind of left you some things to check out. Um, until next time we meet, let's wrap up, wrap up the show. So, first and foremost, we want to thank everyone for listening and contributing by uh, sending in feedback into our uh, email. But you can always stay connected with us, again, by email at summer16podcast at gmail.com. Also on our show's Instagram, uh, summer16pod, or on our uh, show's Facebook page, summer16podcast. All links will be in the description. And if you enjoy the content and want to help us grow and provide better shows going forward, uh, please don't hesitate to put anything towards our cash app. And our cash app account is dollar sign summer 16 pod. And anything that you can um, throw towards the cause, that will be greatly appreciated. So until next time, a whole lot of gang shit. Uh, John? Hey, stay safe, everybody, man. Thank you guys so much. Um, we'll be back next week, yo. All right. Peace. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.